Yeah, most of the stuff that Brian cuts uh, are mostly against European nations that he offends. Yeah. Uh, wow. What are we on now, Brian? That's, the Finns are gone. Uh, yeah. The Danish. We I usually. I, I want to be very clear. I have never said anything bad about the Finns. <laughs> You, I, like you just erased just, their existence is all. Yeah. <laughs> you refuse to acknowledge that Finland is a real place. It's fine. I mean, look, I don't have anything against the Finns because they're not Dutch. Right. In most of the Dutch anti-Dutch sentiment and anti-Italian sentiment stays in. So like we, we and keep I was it learning well a bit about Dutch magic on your podcast. Wait, did you day, say anti-Italian? So. I'm already offended. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. Lauren's a little Italian. <laughs> no, we're we're allowed to because AJ's Italian. That's yeah. right. So many possible worlds, but we got. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast ready to tear down famed Italian-American author Frank Peretti. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. I'm the worst of all possible, possible Josh's. Oh God! There we go. There we go. We did it. There's no order for this. It was chaos. I wanted to let you laugh, Josh. I want to let you finish your laugh. And it's fine. Let's Joining do it. us Let's just... today oh, are God. the sinister sisters, the queens of horror themselves, those ghost storytellers Felicia Lobo and Lauren Harris. Welcome. Hi, the friends. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> the crowd goes. Ooh. I like that introduction, Brian. It was very um, like candor yeah, and ab. It was very uh, and now. I liked it. Even the podcast guests are beautiful. There we go. Yes. There we go. <laughs> I mean, we With are musical ladies. Yeah. Yes, it's true. I'll just talk a little bit about the relationship of Lauren Harris and myself. Yes, please. Um, yeah, that's great. We. Went to school together, and we started a theater company called Insomnium Theater Company back in, who knows? 2015. 2015. Okay, yeah. Um, did a lot of spooky plays, spooky things. Love that. Our last thing we ever did, which is not to say it was bad, because it was also the best thing we ever did, <laughs> was Suburban Nightmare, written by the one and only A.J. Diddy. I did write that, and then I killed your theater company, and I will never forgive myself for that. No, no, oh. we were at a point. Definitely that we were petering out, but we loved this show so much that we were like, we must continue to work on this show. It's true. Um, That's very and true. Don't, and don't worry, that show will one day be finished, I believe. It has to, yes. it has to be done across high schools across America. I yes. think I think high schools would really, really dig it. Uh, uh, Brian described it as a uh, queer fantasia on werewolf themes, I think, mm. once. Uh, I mean, I'm sold. Even if I didn't I know. know it already, I'm sold. And AJ, I've long thought of you as the Italian Tony Kushner, so, you know. Oh, oh thank wow. you. <laughs> oh, wow. I can wow. see it in your eyes. Finally, there's a Tony Kushner for the goys. Um, <laughs> so I have made my co-hosts and our guests watch a very good movie that is not bad. Oh my bad. god. Yeah, fuck, fuck you, Brian. Brian. Fuck you so much. Genuinely. Josh, so this is the kind of person Josh is. He read the book yesterday well, and then watched the movie. I'm not that kind of person. It took no. him. I mean, it's a quick of that it's person. A, I get it. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. That's why it's I a did quick the movie. Read. That's why I was like, I'm not going to do a Frank Peretti book. We have to talk it about it. It is a, a very movie. quick read. I read it in about an hour and a half, which is um, less time than the movie takes. Correct. And part of why I wanted to read it again is that I actually did read some Frank Peretti books growing up. So part of it, too, was I wanted to capture the magic of that language and remember if it was every bit as scintillating as I remember yeah. it being as a kid, which it wasn't. But even so, this book 
was much better than the movie, which isn't to say yeah. that the book was great. It's to say that this movie was fucking horrible and I hated it. <laughs> At any point in the in the book, did a character say, I ain't afraid of no ghost? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> what about yeah. call off your ghost? Uh, <laughs> also, no. Wow. No, it's actually pretty Shame. different. Um, and we'll get into some of those differences later on. But yeah, why don't we just get started by talking about our overall uh, sentiment toward this film in broad strokes. Yeah. Then I think we can talk a little bit about Frank Peretti as an author. So I think I should start with this because uh, I actually saw this movie back in the day. It was featured on ABC Family's lineup, The 13 Nights of Halloween. No. Oh. What? No. Yeah. Which these days, usually they just show like, I don't know, Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town 2 or the Harry Potter mm-hmm. movies for some reason. But back <laughs> the in the occult, day, they Ryan. were trying to produce <laughs> even occult. some original entertainment. I thought this was a TV movie. And it sure fucking looks like a TV movie. Yes. Um, was it not? Was this released in theaters? This was released in theaters. What? This was designed for theatrical release. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, something like that. It made like like $80,000 or something in the box office. It's really bad. Um, and cost $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> So somebody is unhappy. $2 million? Yeah. So was it all so the spiders? Said. Lord have mercy. Which it is was still... probably all for the spider handlers. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> all those tarantulas. And there's just... quite a bit of CGI at the end, which couldn't have been all that cheap. And it's shot on film. You know, it's expensive things. Union yeah, production. Shot film? Oh, yeah, it's, it's shot on It looks really bad because they've, like, upped the contrast all to hell, but that is 100% film. You you also have to pay your editors, yeah. and uh, you know, there a, is a lot a of editing production. in this movie. That Gossip Girl money, though, you know, they gotta, <laughs> they gotta really shell out. Um, but yeah, so, so I saw this at night on ABC Family, which is really where it belonged, in like, I don't know, 2003, 2004. This was a channel founded by Pat Robertson, right? the uh, televangelist host of the 700 Club, and then he, wow. it, it, it used to just be the- What? Yeah, yeah. it used to be just- Is that why the 700 Club always came on right. at like 10 it's, p.m.? It's a contractual thing, because it used to be his channel, and he sold it to Fox, so it was Fox Family for like two years, right. um, yeah, and then yeah. they yeah. had acquired to keep it showing Fox. 700 Club, and then wow. it went to ABC Family, and now it's- Free forum. Thank you. But 700 Club is still, still on, on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's, that's the only oh, thing. Yeah, that's is. the only thing that he's attached to, but they can't take it off the air. That is just right. the deal <laughs> somehow. Which and means that sometimes we, this weird faith-based shit kind of makes its way in. Like it, It's worth noting, I mean, they were under no contractual obligation to show this. You no, know, no, their programming but, outside of 700 Club, the moment that Pat <laughs> Robertson handed the keys over to Fox, and then, of course, they later handed it over to, to, to ABC, to Disney, there is no, other than showing 700 Club, there is nothing that they have to put on. Right. I mean, and, and like like I said, they show Hocus Pocus. They show like Disney Channel movies for the 13 right. Nights of Halloween. They could have just shown like under wraps or whatever this night. But instead, they found this like Canadian filmed movie from a Frank, from a, a low tier Frank Peretti book. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to put this, put this on the telly. Now, um. before we dig into Frank Peretti and his um, miracle elixir, yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious to hear, Lord and Fleece, first of all, have, had you had any exposure to the world of Mr. Peretti before seeing this film? I had not. Definitely not. Okay, cool. Just this wanted to make sure. I think I've steered clear of, of most like Christian writers, Christian music, <laughs> Christian rock. 
Yeah, and, 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 and wisely uh, I, I've so. I've really done my best. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious. Except for Seventh Heaven. I did watch Seventh wow. Heaven. Wow, of course. Okay. I can't believe that, actually. But, but right. Seventh Heaven was you hard to escape. You were doing great until you told AJ, yeah, sure, we'll go on your podcast. <laughs> so before we really dig into yeah. the movie and, you know, what it's about and that sort of thing, I'm just curious to hear initial first reactions to the thing overall. <laughs> do you hate Brian as much as I do after he forced you to watch As this? much as we do. Let's be clear. As much as we do. I actually watched it twice, so I don't know what that means. But the first time I... What? I know. Lauren! I know. It's really something. I watched it the first time and I pretty much like put it on as background noise and then I was mm. like oh huh mm. there's a lot of plot happening <laughs> there's a lot so surprising about. and you know I think it was at the point that like the family like this early on in the film like the family when they take off like their wig and they're like undercover stuff <laughs> and I was like mm-hmm. wait 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 wait, wait. What is happening? What is going on? That's my favorite scene in the movie. I really, I. <laughs> We're going to spend like some... a half hour just on that scene. <laughs> we sure are. Until it oh, happened, yeah. I was like, that's a terrible wig. Come on. <laughs> and that nose ring, <laughs> like, what are they doing? But anyway, so I watched it sort of like, because I was doing something else. And then I was like, you know what? I have to go back and watch it because there was so much going on. But I, I didn't hate anyone. I felt it was so awful. It was entertaining. Okay, okay so it came, it came back around, around for you, for basically. Did you have a similar reaction, uh, Felicia? I, I barely got through it the first time. Okay, <laughs> um, okay. But I did. Good. I was paying attention. I, I was trying. I was It's, I was it's not easy. Paying attention. Um, <laughs> for me, it was funny because when you had initially said something about you know, Christian, evangelical, whatever, in reference to this movie, I started looking for some of those things. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised at first. I was like, I'm not really like sensing that. Mm. Like, I was like, I'm not really sure like what this is about. Um, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. It wasn't until the big, um, you know, Christian songs started coming right. in. And then I started yeah. reading some Extreme reviews, days. which I don't know if you guys are interested, but I have a couple of Christian reviews I would love, saved. Yeah. Nothing more. I get to nothing that. more. Oh my God. Is one yes, of them from Plugged later. In? Did you find the Plugged In review? Yes, I have Hell a plugged yeah. in review. Hell oh yeah. This we'll is, get to yeah. that. That's this awesome. This is just music to Josh's and my ears. <laughs> yeah. But I will uh, say my my biggest overall thought is, yes, things made no sense. I didn't know what was going on sometimes. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. But I did <laughs> love watching Leighton Meester just act her little oh butt off. Oh my yeah. God, yes. She's like, I am acting. She tried so hard in this film. <laughs> and to did. what end? To what and end? And she's so, she is so talented. I truly believe she is so talented. And right. she just, she couldn't do it all alone. <laughs> and yeah. it, it, you know, it was, it, it was really funny. I was watching the, there's a handful of special features on this DVD that I had to fucking buy so that we could watch this movie. <laughs> Elite and Meester like bought the rights to the movie and hid it from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and get rid of all copies. <laughs> so at this point, uh, dear listener, if you are uh, not at all familiar with Hangman's Curse, you might be wondering what spiders Leighton Meester what's going on and so I feel like the best thing for us to do is really just to jump right into this movie and sort of talk about what happens in it beat by beat so yeah so at the very beginning we get this title card that mentions the Veritas project right which is already we're ready for a good time 
I'm like, okay, James O'Keefe is going to come in here. <laughs> he's, he's going to expose some progressive organization. And also, I don't think the Veritas Project is ever mentioned again no. in film. I don't think anyone ever says the Veritas don't Project think by I read name. The title card. Well, you would have learned that Veritas is Latin for truth. <laughs> it is. And oh, that's right. No, I didn't say that. For context, the Veritas Project is the series of YA fiction yeah, books. Yeah, the series of two that books. That Peretti wrote. Two, two, a, a series of two. And now I have read both of the books in that series because I read the second one when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. I feel like you have some background that's yes. really going to influence your taste in this. Yeah. I fucking not, hated not it. Not positively. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we start out in a, in a hallway, right? And there's this kid walking around. And he's got a rope and his shirt's a little too baggy. His jeans are also a little too baggy. I think he's wearing New Balances. Where's he going? Is this actually me? Um, I also possibly we have these like great opening credits that are just like, what's the spookiest font we have on the Mm. computer right now? Right. right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. If you make the font spooky, the movie will be spooky. If I'm remembering correctly, ABC family or maybe it was Fox family just before ABC bought it had a show called Real Scary Stories. Oh boy, mm. I'm the only one who remembers this. No, it sounded uh, familiar. So it was a it was a ghost hunting show, but it was like teenagers who did the ghost hunting, uh, which wow. is interesting because like this predates any of the big ghost hunting shows that everyone like knows now. Probably the first one, but it was just like teenagers, and it had text like that on the screen that would okay. kind of wipe out, and it was just right. like ooh, it's kind of spooky and gooey words. And it would be narrated <laughs> by words. like five Ooh. teenagers speaking as monotone as possible. So I just remember that the title sequence was always them going, real scary <laughs> stories. <laughs> I mean, in the, okay, can we all try doing that at once? Let, yeah, let's yeah, all. Yeah. Okay, ready, ready, okay. ready? Okay. Real, real scary, scary stories. Good luck, Brian. Um, It's all on me now. Can I say a very random thing about fonts in movies that I just saw this week? So I was watching, I think it's like 1995, Texas Chainsaw the new generation mm. with Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. as a young young actor. All right, all right, <laughs> exactly. all right. Exactly. Uh, and he, <laughs> in that movie, the title credits are all the same exact font as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I was like, wow, they really just like That's stole great. that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we've got this kid and again, he's got a rope and what's going on? Oh, he's, you know, he's, He's going to hang himself, right? That's the thing. He ends up tying up a noose and, you know, he's dead. Um, yeah. Why he, does this school have an opera house in their attic? <laughs> I, I was just like, this kid just keeps going up and up and up. I mean, I, I'm from a small town, so I went to a, a single story high school. But I was like, this is a very tall school. Very vertical. It might actually be the school from Sideways Stories from Wayside uh. School. Uh, it, it, oh, there I we go. That I was hoping book. that would land for somebody. Let's go. He tried to go to the 13th was great floor, but when he got to the 13th floor, he was trapped. Up there and had to memorize like entire exactly. sections of the dictionary uh, and he met someone here who had made it through the bees at that point and it was just and like then how did he hung he... himself and then he hung himself <laughs> yeah he so never dark. he never got after... to veritas in the dictionary he'll never exactly know exactly after the kid it hangs himself true. it is 10 years later and somebody is etching a hangman into a locker Ooh, what does this mean and now we know that obviously something is going on that was the titular hangman at the beginning and mm-hmm. clearly that sigil is 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 something to do with the titular curse. And then immediately after that, it's a smash cut into a football game. And football! Jimmy Bolts is moving the ball 
folks. And it's Jimmy Bolts. Five years later? How? how what ten is years the time? later. Ten, ten years, years after that boy has hanged himself. Um, right. And, yeah. and uh, he sees some goths in the stands. <laughs> and, oh, um, yeah. The, the goths have like a reserved section of the <laughs> yeah. bleachers. They sure also, do. Also, what are the goths doing Why at the football they there? game? It doesn't make any They're sense. They're there to curse Jimmy. They're in Jimmy direct Bolts. sunlight. They don't belong there. <laughs> they're, they're mumbling under their breath so Harry will fall off his broom. I mean, that's of course that's why they're there. <laughs> right. And it's actually kind of like framed similarly to that, right? Where it's like, it seems That's, like what yeah. the goths are doing over in the stands is somehow influencing Jimmy's clarity of thought, right? right. Uh, the local Spokane newsie uh, who's like, pass me the ball. It'll be fucking great. Just throw me in the end zone. Great pizza pie. Like it's, it's, his accent was so jarring and then he just dies, right? I had a hard time telling um, if, if people were dying in this movie or just going into like a don't coma. Think they're dying. In the movie, they are not dying. In the book, they okay. do. But um, Because they're trying to keep it real PG-13. That's, that's Frank Peretti. He goes hard. <laughs> the The easiest way to describe Frank Peretti and like what he is and what he does, he is the evangelical Stephen King. No. Yeah. 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 That's the kind of stature that he has in like the is evangelical he, Is he a good picture. writer? He's all right. He's not a bad he's, writer. He's no okay. Stephen King, but he's not terrible. Yeah. H- Hangman's Curse is like on the lower lower end of his book. I mean, I didn't but, read it. I'm um, not saying I read it and I have yeah. an opinion. I'm just curious. But I, I have read a couple of Frank Peretti books and they always have like really, really bad conclusions. Uh, like there's one I read called Monster, which is like this really good book about Sasquatches for wow. most of it. And then it ends up being about how evolution can't be real. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it, Frank. And this kind of goes back so to the Frank. This so kind of goes close. back to the point from earlier that uh, was it Felicia, were you saying that it was like I was trying to look for the Christian stuff? Yes. So that's very different in this movie from how his books are. The beginning of the book is a message from the president of the United States Boy. being yeah. like, I'm the president and we need to uh hire somebody with Judeo Christian values to investigate paranormal activity for some reason. <laughs> and uh That is the framing for the Veritas project is that it's actually something that is headed up by the president, but due to separation of church and state is funded by uh, (laughs) third party uh, conservative Christian donors. So right. Right. He said, oh, it it has to be Judeo-Christian. So we can't actually fund that except through non-tax deductible donations, which is like your donations to religious groups are totally tax deductible. That's They're, one of the big like, points, yeah. But the thing... The, and also, is he going into all this detail in the book? Yes. Like, why? That's a great question. And I think the answer is, is just to... Frank Peretti, as a person and as an author, is yeah. a reactionary conservative, right? His politics, yeah. his social politics, are straight out of the early 1900s. And yeah. probably his best-known book is actually... We need a gold standard. <laughs> his best-known book is actually the two-parter. There's a book called This Present Darkness, and then its sequel, which is called Piercing the darkness. This is an adult fiction book and basically the story is that this demonic presence, which comes in the form of things like ACLU lawyers and abortionists. Um, not, this is not, this a, is joke. not a joke. Holy this is 100% serious. <laughs> is descending on this little small town in middle America and these uh, demonic forces, which are very real literal demons that are like perching on people's backs are fucking up the tranquility of this small American town. So when he's fully on his shit, that's the kind of stuff he's writing. But when he's writing for kids, he dials it back a bit. And then yeah. when... Well, and, and the other thing about This Present Darkness, too, is that it's about New Age. Yes. It's about, like, how New Age is coming in and being led by Satan and the Jews at the ACLU right. to destroy America. Jesus. Jesus. Okay, I just looked up <laughs> amount of copies sold of The Present Darkness. Yeah. 2.5 million Sounds right. is 
Unacceptable. That's too many copies. Like, like I said, he's like he's is similar in stature yeah. wow. to Stephen King in the Evangelical. But this certainly feels like a seller. Stephen King TV movie. Is what yeah. I'll say at times. Oh, yeah. It's not Langoliers, but is I don't that know. Is Langoliers also about prayer and school? No, it's about giant snakes <laughs> that happen in like a netherworld with a plane. Wow. I don't know. I don't oh. read Stephen. That King. sounds like it's about prayer and school to me. At this, in the same way where Stephen King writes primarily about Maine, right? Uh-huh. Everything is set in Maine. Frank Preddy does that with the Pacific Northwest. So everything takes place around like Spokane or like the Idaho Panhandle mm-hmm. or Oregon or whatever, like it's it's all, or like a little bit of Western Montana, it's all right in that area. He's doing the exact same thing that King is doing. And he's also acting he in his movies, just like Frank Pratt yeah. is. <laughs> Apparently. One could also say that geographically speaking, uh, Sam Hunter is the Frank Peretti of the American theater. Oh, okay. that's true. That's actually, I'm surprised Sam Hunter hasn't written a Frank Peretti-esque character into one of his I'm plays. sure he knows about him. This um, is some nerd shit. So uh, Felicia and Lauren, I'm curious Let's to hear- Let's just get everyone who's written about Washington. Stephanie Meyer. I'm curious to hear, given, given this additional context about sort of like who Frank Pretty is and what his deal is, do things start to make a little bit more sense now? Is this is this is it starting to become a bit clear why this movie was the way that it was? Yes, but I'm kind of surprised yes. it's so toned down then. I would think you sure. would like want to push the yeah. his message a little bit more, especially like being in it and seemingly like so Right on board. I'm yeah. kind of surprised. And yeah. give me a performance of... I did not hate and in fact kind of loved. Honestly, AJ, it would have been a great I role for you. AJ would be very good in that yeah. role. You'd have to learn banjo. But... I would have to learn banjo. A thing he pulled out at one point, did not play, put away, and then ate Twinkies in a scene that was baffling. He was just like, I need some business to do while I'm on camera. What if I did all the business at once? Absolutely. Well, and Josh, does that character in the book play the banjo? Uh, I do not remember, but I don't think so. Anyway, let's go back. <laughs> okay, so that was, yeah, definitely just because Frank Peretti plays the banjo. We will get to right. Frank Peretti's character a little bit later. Yeah, let's so get back to the, the football, football game. game. Yeah. Football. Uh, football. Gosh. Jimmy Bolts with the ball. All of a sudden, the opposing team's QB, all of a sudden, there's like a visual effect where his face gets like distorted and there's like a woof kind of thing yeah. going on, right? Jimmy starts tripping balls. <laughs> right. The and best way to describe it is a woof effect because yeah. I don't know what else <laughs> like high contrast like it looks it kind of looks like higher, higher contrast, contrast it looks like it was done on like a, a 2004 like windows computer it probably like, was shooting out at you i yeah. don't know <laughs> i mean like the, the computer yeah, was just like internet was in vomiting the in your face movie maker yeah, yeah. every yeah. time these attacks happen in the book it's really fucking cool i'm suspicious that that is not true <laughs> no 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 listen here uh, let, let, i'll just i'll just i'll just describe it he basically sees a guy in the end zone with his head like cocked off to the side with vacant eyes and then he fucking sicks a hawk on him he gets this hawk flying into his face and he has what? to run away from the hawk because that's what's going on when he's tripping balls whereas in the movie all you see is a black and Dude, white I'm guy going hawk balls and it's it's fucking pathetic anyway the goth's work here is done right because he can't stop saying the name abel fry and uh abel fry is going to be important. 
right after this now we are in a warehouse <laughs> and it's just such a sudden <laughs> transition a deal. this might um, be the greatest scene put to film I, I I want to, I, this I would, is so good I, I would love to I don't want to describe this one I would like to hear all of you kind of describe this scene collectively <laughs> from memory because it sounds <laughs> I just want to hear let's yeah let's let's leave this up to oh, Felicia no. oh, God, this we'll, is we'll help be them. so horrible we'll, we'll, we'll pull you out of the water when you start drowning because right. you will I will drown right now uh, there's something about a bunch of different gothy kind of looking characters but but they're they're not, they're not our original goths these right. are yeah, new, they're goths. Different goths. <laughs> new goths <laughs> um, that's my favorite that, shin song is new goths, <laughs> new goths. <laughs> so they're kind of wandering about and there's some sort of altercation that i just i didn't quite understand it's like a drug every, handoff yeah. no? oh you're right yeah it's a drug thing Thank yeah. you. Lauren, do you want to take over? <laughs> no, no, no. It was really... So. The drug dealer comes out with like an upside down cross on his forehead. No, no that's the weird like part. Manson. It's just a regular cross. It's not even upside yeah, down. Like it's Catholics. just like this evangelical um, drug dealer. And you're like, okay. I thought it was just Ash Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's my dirty papist. Welcome, Lauren. Uh, 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 but then eventually they all reveal that they are what I thought at first were undercover cops. And I and then they you see that which I thought well, for a while they, they were undercover cops because then yeah. the dealers are going to yeah. the kids and being like, well, "Are you oh, an sorry, undercover I mean, cop?" I mean the family. I didn't realize the yeah. family yeah. was like a hired entity, and they're like right, pointing yes. guns at the children. These this nuclear family hired by the United States government to investigate ghosts. I guess also does also drug, do drug busts on free the side, time, yeah. where they point loaded right. guns at teenage children. Right. Yeah, it was a slow time for them. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, they gotta pay rent the on their mobile home. Their mobile home. Uh, that oh that nose ring too is pretty expensive. I, it's like they went to the props department and said, "Give me the smallest gun you have." <laughs> no, smaller, like you would give a child. Wait, I have and, to give a reference that's gonna make no sense, but here I am. I've been watching a lot of Wife Swap recently because they put it on Hulu. Sure. And go there on. are a surprising amount. <laughs> there are a surprising amount of families that like live on the road in some way like either in a camper that mm -hmm. they move around the country mm -hmm. they homeschool their kids one guy was in the rodeo i don't know but there was always this conflict of like these kids like not getting to have friends in a normal life right, and like right, right. whatever and i was like wow all these wife swap themes are really coming up in this movie <laughs> these poor children they have to work so, hangman's curse is the wife swap of frank peretti movies right. yeah. disney executive was watching this movie with five other people in a canadian movie theater and was like you know this is really you know wife swap is really big right now <laughs> And this is this is hitting a lot of those buttons. Yeah, that's let's, what I think. Let's happened. put it on our channel. Did anyone else make the Spy Kids? Oh sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Oh yeah. It, 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 I I felt when they came yeah. out and they're all black. Like well, this was also very uh, much jumpsuits. Yeah, that that time. Yeah. And, you know, to the point of like teenagers yeah. going out and doing things and being cool. That kind of was a big thing in the early aughts. Like from from I would say like the tweens up to teens you got spy kids you got this you've got um what was that fucking movie with frankie muniz agent cody banks agent cody banks for some reason the collective fantasy of adolescents and pre-adolescents at the time was to be really cool undercover spies oh my god like that Lindsay lohan yeah. movie get a clue get a clue yes disney channel get a original right. movie that get was a clue like the whole sub genre of films yeah the big difference though between stuff like that and this movie though 
is that in most of these sort of adolescent uh, spy fantasies, they're kind of like out there on their own, doing their own thing all the time. Whereas in this movie, as we then come to learn after this weird drug bust happens, the kids are always working very closely with their parents to accomplish Mm -hmm. their outcomes. It's not even a full drug bust. There's like lore involved in it because they're like, we got to find Gomez. What's Gomez doing? Gomez crime ring, yeah. And of course, Gomez... This horrible Gomez, this, this man. This horrible Hispanic? Is that what we're trying to say in this Christian movie? Yes. <laughs> this horrible Latino man is coming into our white communities and recruiting suburban goths to deal his cocaine. Oh well, actually, it's, yeah. I thought it was meth. And we'll never see him meth? again. The bus doesn't even work. Well, because they said amphetamines, didn't they, at one point? Yeah. Like, she's like, uh, freshly yeah. cooked yeah. this morning, hot from the oven, this meth, just like grandma <laughs> used to make. Like, it's just like any general drugs they could think of when they were writing. I do love my my Nestle Toll House amphetamines. This literal 15-year-old kid saying, I'm not a cop. We know you're not a cop. You are 15 years old. <laughs> oh, the other kid is right, a cop. Exactly. Yeah, what? Yeah. Well, he was trained by the FBI, but it was a correspondence so, course. I, I So this played on ABC Family in 2004. Mm. And I think mm. just take your mind back to that those halcyon days of 2004. Mm. I mean, I was watching ABC Family. I don't know how I missed this. Evangelicalism <laughs> was it was in the air, yeah. you know. It was just like it doesn't really surprise me that a movie like this ends up in this block where they're trying to fill 13 nights with cheap movies. George W. Bush was wrapping <laughs> up his first term. Uh, the War on Terror uh-huh. was the item on everybody's mind. We'd yeah. gone into Iraq, what, the previous year, right? That started, I think, in 2003. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the Avril Lavigne just appeared from the air with right. no birth certificate or Hardest, really true yeah. origin. Yeah. Right. And smelling faintly. So that's no, interesting, too, smoldering though. smoldering tower in New Is that York. in this context, they were they are working for the federal government. They're working for the president of the United States. And the fact that this is a sort of, again, Judeo-Christian thing um, is, is, is crucial to their entire project, because what they do, I guess, is they go around as a family and they all go in, in undercover as different characters in different situations to uncover paranormal activity question mark which is which is so preposterous to me because why did the man have to pose as a janitor there was no need <laughs> because he had a really no cool need. Tennessee yeah, so, Vols hat you got the house or you yeah. don't get away with wearing a Tennessee why did, baseball cap so why did what we learn when Jimmy trips balls and dies on the football field well, dies um, we do we don't I guess we don't ever see him again d- he so. doesn't die he goes to the hospital right, right. You know, just like on on uh, Voltron, right? When they translated it, no one dies. They just right. go to the hospital. Or in Yu-Gi-Oh! They don't go to the Shadow Realm. They go for die. it. Yeah. Um, so is this family supposed to be stopping these paranormal things or debunking them? That is an excellent question. They are finding the truth. Because as you know, uh-huh. veritas yeah. is the Latin word for truth. They're trying to find right. the truth that's, behind that's the makes, facts. That's what makes this story <laughs> interesting. Because this story ends up being sort of a Hound of the Baskervilles right. thing. Where like everything has an explanation. Yeah. All right, which I hate. I, I don't bad. need to know. <laughs> and that's that's unusual for Frank Peretti. As an author, the ghosts, the monsters, the evolution monster created by an evil scientist who's trying to prove evolution, which can't happen. They're all real. Yeah. They're all actual demons, uh-huh. okay. actual evil spirits. And but this one, uh, of course, it, it is that is not the case. Mm-hmm. But, but um, Brian, spiders are real. And they hate you. <laughs> we move forward yeah. to school a little bit. The goths get mugged for lunch money, but we learn that they're kind of like using yeah. Abel Fry, the ghost of Abel Fry, to get back at the they, jocks. They like worship right. him. Mm-hmm. 
They're like, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, it gets he gets our, tangible our, results for them. But also, yeah. I want to talk about the scene where we're introduced <laughs> to like the jocks walking down the mm-hmm. hallway together because <laughs> it is silent in the hallway except for their footsteps and their talking and it is it is so unnerving and uncanny to me it's the scariest scene the the only unnerving scene in the movie (laughs) hey a couple of the jumps got me but we know how I am about jumps Uh, uh, I'm sorry but no no the sound the sound mixing in this movie makes absolutely no sense because it blares like this really terrible like just kind of off brand like alt rock yeah this incidental music yeah yeah and then then they pull it back so that it's almost imperceptible but then that just highlights how silent the hallway is as they're walking down it. Right. And then when the when the goths around the corner, it blares again, but then has to go back down when they start talking, and then it's silent again. And it's really, oh I, I I feel like the sound. Two editor, million dollars, people. Two million. But also that's part of it too. Is like right, they didn't have enough money to get enough extras to really make it feel like a real school. Right. Oh, no, I believe also, that. I I want to just point this out. The the family of the Veritas Project, they have a dog. Oh, the uh, sure. And the name of the dog performer that plays the dog is William Shakespeare. I saw that. I love, I love William Shakespeare. For some reason, I thought you were going to say Airbud. It, right. Air it was the same no, dog I'm, I'm, that played Airbud. Airbud is actually a devout uh, Pentecostal. Um, there's yeah. nothing in the rules that says. Airbud can't be a Pentecostal Christian. Do you know what yeah, I mean? But they couldn't afford Airbud. Like, right. there's no way. That's true. That's true. They could um, maybe afford MVP, Most Valuable Private. Yes. Uh, but this is before he made it big. Another another so, way that the yeah. uh, kids are embedding themselves into the school apparently is that um, the girl uh, Alicia, aka. Leighton Meester uh, is getting into a debate with the teacher about the essence of prayer in the school. absolutes of right and wrong and if prayer in schools is morally justifiable. Prayer in what? school. This is my favorite thing. Um, I kind of forgot so, that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the so few Felicia movies, uh, one of the few moments Lauren, where the movie does really show its hand here, too. Yeah. 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 Did you ever yeah. grow up hearing about? prayer in school as like an issue. Oh yeah. Right. Like everything that's bad is happening. Columbine or whatever is because they took prayer out of school. Mm -hmm. And then here we are in, in 2004 Uh and this brave young girl from the government has decided to argue with her liberal cuck teacher (laughs) about prayer in school. And then he says something about like diversity. And then she's like, Oh yeah. So does that mean we have to be accepting of terrorists? Uh. Blowing wow. themselves up. Ow. She got his ass. Uh, so did, did, but did both of you uh, go to public schools, or what was what was your background? Public cool. school. Public school. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, yeah, like specifically with the prayer in schools thing, was that something that you ever experienced? Like, were there kids at your school who did the whole um, see you at the poll, like prayer in school advocacy stuff, or was it just oh. kind of part of the background noise for you? Oh no, mo- see you at the poll definitely existed mm-hmm. at my oh, wow. school and I did not know what it was until this yeah. moment. Oh, that's amazing. A learning oh, boy. moment. Um, I was a, there would just a be one day child, a year you'd be like, what the fuck are all these people doing around the flagpole right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even know, like say the pledge or say under God. So like I definitely was. <laughs> nice. But my brother, I, I always feel like I had to preface this with he did very well in college, but he, he did very poorly in high school and so he had to be moved to the private christian school (laughs) oh okay i see he had to do for his 10th 11th and 12th grade year and he did have to do like the mass and all that kind of stuff that was like pretty wild so i was was like oh wow he needed the lord i was gonna say they were probably praying for him right (laughs) 
Apparently, he I went just, in as, as a strong atheist, and they were like, "That's what oh. it was." That's that was the problem. They took prayer out right. of school, and your brother started struggling. Right. Yes, that mm-hmm. was it. I mean, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but like this, this was such a. I mean, it's it was everything. You'd hear it every time you went to church, and it was just like the the prayer. It, you guys, it, it has to be in the school. The mm-hmm. prayer has to be there. Which it like it it like any student can fucking pray at any time they want to. Yeah. It's, it's not out of, they're, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, it's like they want organized prayer, right. which is very different than the right They want the teachers right to, to lead kids in prayer. That's all they want. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, a, it's in, in, in a prayer to the one true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it, it's fucked. It was amazing to me that uh, Alicia was so uh, upset about there not being prayer in school that she said the phrase, now I'm bugging. <laughs> she has some interesting... She calls him teach. Like, Catchphrases throughout this that I'm like, leave me, sir. You would never say that. You should have spoke up as an actor. Right. She was just so excited to get to the spiders. Yes. I don't want to be so, fired before I get covered in spiders. The end of class, all the popular girls are like, "Wow, we love prayer in school too. You seem very cool because you stood up for the Lord. Do you want to eat lunch yeah. with us?" She's like, "Sure, maybe." And then some nerd kid comes up and he's like, "I like that you were insubordinate to the teacher." Yeah, wow. you find that stood that's up to over. Him. And then the one black student at this school. <laughs> Comes on to her and is just Who's like, on the football hey, team, I want to put my way. penis inside of you. <laughs> I, the black football <sighs> player, I am oversexed and I do not believe in God. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, he uses the, I think what I think is the best pickup line I've ever heard in my life is, yeah, let's hear do it. Do you believe in the hereafter? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. To which she responds, yeah. And he's like, you want to be here after? And like <laughs> no, puts his hand on the door behind her. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then she's like, no, I took a purity pledge. She sure did. <laughs> uh, the nuclear family itself are all disguised as different members of the school's community. Right, so the right. two kids are now attending class. Right. Uh, the brother, who's usually super cool, is now one of the nerds. And then he's wearing glasses and they've put a lot of blush on right. his cheeks. Yep. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the, uh, Alicia is now like uh, put herself into like the popular clique. The dad, uh, not Nathan Fillion, is the janitor, and right. the mom is the school nurse. Is that what it was? They get all these jobs. I don't yeah. know. Where did what happened to the other nurse? Yeah, I don't know. did the school not she have one? Man's curse. Oh. So just when you were talking about the idea of her being rebellious and that attracting other students to her and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm very it's something about this started making me think about um, just like the manipulation of the youth (laughs) through like these kind of Christian types of content, music, books, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, we're going to give them what they're looking for in terms of these, like, especially when I'm thinking about uh, Frank Peretti's books about like spooky stuff and like horror elements and like we're going to give those things to them, but we're going to like disguise all the messages that we want to give them. Absolutely. And like we were, oh, like they want to be a rebellious teenager. Oh, like our lead is a rebellious teenager. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's just rebelling for the things that we want her to. You know, Jesus was the first rebel. Because because of that as well, you get a sort of like wish fulfillment (laughs) thing going on too, right? Where Mm -hmm. you are fulfilling that adolescent power fantasy but uh-huh. retracking it so that it then feeds right back into sort of a, a more conservative reactionary frame. I mean, frame. this is that's really why I had to watch it twice. Like, I got through the whole scene and I was like, wait, yeah. <laughs> she was arguing which way? Like, this can't yeah, be right. Like, as we're talking to be through a cool it all, I'm kid. like, whoa. <laughs> 
That's a problem, Lauren. Now it's gotten in your brain. You've you've now. I know. Now I believe it. <laughs> Did this scene even register with you at all? Besides her really like cringe slang. Well, no. I was mostly focused on her trying to like get in with the students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what my focus was on, and now my focus mm-hmm. is somewhere very different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I saw this scene, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Furiously!" I just wrote it in all caps. I was like, "Prayer in school, diversity and terrorism." Diversity. Like, it's like this is my shit. It really is. Oh it really is. Oh, we've been watching. We've been listening to a lot of Adventures in Odyssey, which is also a uh, a show that sort of very heavy handedly like shows you know shows you kind of exactly what it's doing is trying to teach you these morals. And what I actually appreciated about this movie was that it was less it was a lot more subtle about it and it wasn't just like every scene yeah. was about learning how to pray like it was mm-hmm. it's not like there, god's not dead which is just yeah. a lecture well there was this this movement in kind of christian independent cinema at this point in time where this was like until facing the giants came out and i won't get into that but like movies like Extreme Days were coming out oh, where it was yeah. like, yeah, it's full of Christian music, but they talk that about was the, that was the Christian surfing movie, wasn't it? Extreme Days. What the fuck are uh, you talking not just about? Surfing. They went snowboarding. Sorry, okay. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Tsunami became an evangelical Christian. Johnny Tsunami <laughs> oh, didn't, but Rufio did. No. no! Not Rufio. Dante Bosco is in the movie. Zuko, um, no. But like the movie is just like a normal yeah, guys hanging out and chilling and then being sexually pure. Mm, uh, that's how they get you. There, there's one like brief scene where they talk about Jesus sort of and then move right. on. And so that was kind of the thing. It was like we just want to get people in so then we can be we can just sort of massage. The well, this is that's them. also a strategy you know, that calls back to uh, a Christian idea, which is the the gospel of the mustard seed, right? Which comes from a, a Christian, like a, a parable that Jesus told, where he was like, somebody's faith, somebody's belief is kind of like a mustard seed, like it's 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 tiny, you can't even see. A it. fun thing that we do at Christian school is that one day in class, our teacher will hand out a bunch of mustard seeds to each of us to show us just how small they're so they are. small, dude. They're tiny. Yeah, yeah, they're really they're, they're just really little small. specks. Um, but they grow yeah. into these big tall trees and you know that's what jesus said that that faith is like that's where all the mustard comes anyway um (laughs) the idea then being you don't need to necessarily drill the whole thing into somebody you just plant little seeds and then those seeds will naturally flourish over time in terms of the movie i want to run through sort of what happens next because what happens next is honestly kind of boring um yeah some bullying yeah bullying um well i would like to point out that the nerds the math nerds are walking down the hallway and they're doing math on their hands because i guess they ran out of money for paper. <laughs> That's how uh, nerdy they, they, they get are. Mugged, they get mugged again, um, and they give over even more of their money. Yeah, one kid is like out of money. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to be able to. He's like, I <laughs> can't afford, afford the... this anymore. <laughs> we learned that dead presidents. I don't. <laughs> we learned yeah. that Abel Fry stabbed a girl apparently, uh, according to what people believe at least and that's why he hanged himself oh i missed that it was easy to miss that was when that was when that girl had that drawing of abel fry right. that was the worst fucking drawing i've ever seen in my yes. life Okay. Uh, Dad, also, Abel Fry we skip, is sounds that? like the Crucible to me. Like it sounds like a very it does. old name. <laughs> Dad is at a locker and he finds some sort of a little tube in the locker, and that tube is really important for yeah. some reason. It's a um, straw. Never straw. saw it. Never yep. saw it. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a fight in the cafeteria. Then it actually something happens finally in this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Leighton Meester goes into the fenced-off old wing of the school with the some friends, wing. and it's spooky, which, which is just. Normal looking. 
it's dark. They, it's dark. They put some shit like in the corner to make it look a little dirty, but it, no, 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 it's, no. It's the Forbidden normal. Wing is where they keep all of their ladders. Every <laughs> single ladder in the school is, spo- is stored in the Forbidden Wing. That's a good there's point. One, they walk into the Forbidden Wing, and there's just like a diagonally leading ladder uh, against the wall, and it's just like, yeah. no, what? That's not how you store a ladder. Well, that's see, that's what the liberals did. They they took prayer out of school, and they also made schools put all of their ladders into one corner of the mm. building. Um, that's part of their agenda. And if John Kerry had been elected, you wouldn't see a ladder again for the rest of your life. Well, you have to climb the ladders to get to the highest point of Wayside School because eventually they, the budget ran out of money for building stairs. That's yeah. right. So, Felicia and Lauren, um, as as connoisseurs of all things spooky, uh, on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> Uh, how effective how is this scene in spooking you? I was not spooked, uh, but I do like the I do like watching Leeton meet uh, Meester walk around and be like, oh, oh. yeah. Like, I enjoyed <laughs> the idea. She does of a it. good job. Um, She's good. But no, I did not find it very very spooky. Okay. <laughs> I actually feel like in the lens of like hocus pocus, like if I think about uh-huh. it in like a more family friendly. If that's the scariest movie movie you've seen so far in your life. (laughs) It was it was like kind of effective. Okay. uh, But not I would not say horror movie effective. No. You know what I wanted? What I wanted going into this movie that I'm just now realizing. Lord, what are those things called? Those like Christian haunted houses? Oh, hell, hell houses. houses, yeah. Yeah, I wanted like some hell house shit. Like I wanted sure. something, something crazy to happen. Yeah, yeah. I was you also gotta go to that, his yeah. books for that. But instead, yeah. this scene just concludes with a jump scare of a mask. Yeah, and I would, yeah. I would like to come over to talk about the jump scares in this a movie. Spirit Halloween costume, yeah. Yeah. and then she hits a scaffold with the back of her head, knocks All herself right. out. Yeah. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, no, there's something weird about the jump scares in this movie. Now, I, I usually can't watch jump scares because I have intense panic attacks when I do, and it's why I can't really watch a lot of horror, unfortunately. Uh, but I love horror stories because... Yeah, no Mike Flanagan for you, sorry. Uh, no, unfortunately. <laughs> but there but there is a... Um, I love horror movie stories. So what I do mm-hmm. is uh, my partner Ellie watches horror movies and then just tells me the plot. Uh, of those horror movies because I find them so fascinating and uh, that's so sweet yeah no it's <laughs> that is so I, sweet I, that's how I watched Hereditary was uh, was Ellie just kind of narrated it to me but in this movie I again not a connoisseur of jump scares but I know when one is effective because I get a panic attack and none of these affected me because I think that the editing was just a little off like mm-hmm. the the big mm-hmm. musical bombast mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. comes with it was like mm-hmm. two or three seconds too late on every single jump yeah. scare and I don't know mm-hmm. as connoisseurs of horror yourself Sinister Sisters uh, please uh, tell t- am I am I close on that is that like a is that a true true or is that a false false that f- I mean that feels right to me now hearing it <laughs> yeah I mean I wasn't thinking about the the mechanics of how they built those scares I thought I mean in general I was just like they're attempting spooky atmosphere what I get from this from this movie and and from other horror Christian horror things that I've seen it, it's like they even just beyond horror even like other genres they're trying to convey what that genre is like they have mm. the idea of it mm-hmm. being scary but they don't actually have any of the skills right. of what and probably because they haven't scary. watched them because that would be a uh, that's true you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they just think if they make well, things even hard Peretti, to see even Peretti is somewhat uh, controversial. There are a lot of people, people like my parents, who would not read this kind of thing at all. Uh-huh. Like, this is just not their vibe. And, like, it seems kind of fucked up to read if, if you're really not wanting to focus on demons and stuff. But if you're Pentecostal, you're like, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. 
Well, it, it, it's kind of like Hell it's kind of like when somebody who isn't funny tries to tell jokes. You know, right. it's like mm. It, it, mm. it's like going through the motions, like but none of the fuck you, Brian. <laughs> um, it's 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 like going through the motions and the mechanics, but none of the things that make the thing what it should be are there. Yeah. Absolutely. So from here then, um, after this sort of false scare or whatever, again, more just boring stuff that doesn't really make sense or matter. The mom talks to the principal and she says that they can't close the school because they want <laughs> proof that these football players aren't up to something. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, was just like, close the school. <laughs> what are well, you talking like, about? So this was also when I was very unclear whether people were dead or in comas. Yes. And I'm like, so, e- but either way, whether they are dead or in coma, I don't think they're kidding. No, they're not. Yeah. And and, and no. one thing that I realized. And also, why are they blaming the football players when they're the ones being attacked? Yeah. In the book, um, and it only makes slightly more sense, but still not a ton. There are like still diehard uh, fans of the football team, like some of the parents who still want to see them be able to continue playing, which I don't know. I mean, Friday Night Lights, it's a little bit believable as opposed yeah. to something like yeah. this. As like, But something that I also realized is that Probably the reason that they don't ever show anybody in the hospital is that because they couldn't afford to shoot at a hospital. And so yeah. They had to write it out of the script. Well, that's possible. They also say the reasoning for the parents is they don't want their kids to get behind. Yeah, so they can graduate school, on their schoolwork. Yeah. Right. And I said, but, wait for the pandemic, baby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What happens here is exactly what happened with these people during COVID. They just melted down because right. they can't understand a world where things are slightly different sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, well, that is that is somewhat believable, honestly. Uh, yeah. This this principal interaction scene uh, also brings up one of my favorite parts of the movie that I took copious amounts of notes on, and that is Abel Fry's transcript. Holy shit. If you pause and go through this transcript, it is <laughs> insane. Sure. Okay. This is an extremely AJ Diddy moment. So, like this is a trademark. Here is a here is the class list. AJ Diddy looking at the props. Looking at the props. Uh here's the class list for Abel Fry. Um intro to chemistry. Okay. Which he got a 2.5 in. English composition, which he got a 3.4 in. So oh, no, no, four, please. Right? These, these are very, like, normal grading system. You know, when you got a 3.4 <laughs> in a class. Uh, music appreciation, which he Percent. only got a 3 in. And I'm like, oh, did I you know. not appreciate the music enough? Anyway, uh, art history got a 2.0 and physical training is lowest score. A 1.5. Mm. Uh, physical that training? Like is that the way they say That's it in Canada? <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, but so we Is it out of 4.0? It's a 4-point scale, no, right? No, I would assume. It's a 5-point no. scale. What? Uh, five. Because the next to it, it's like, uh, here's the number of credits, and then they add those together to, like, get 12 for some reason. So it's just entirely well, I, I would imagine this system. is because the, the prop designer, the projection designer, are Canadian. So they probably used some sort of... Uh. You know, weird we'll see. Canadian right. voodoo blame systems. Blame everything on the Canadianness of it. <laughs> we should. God. We should blame. We so can't much lose more Canada, Canada than we, we do. We can't lose Canada. <laughs> we have to lose Canada. God damn it! Ugh, David Foster Wallace is right. We're going to war. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but here's the thing. That's what I thought. That this this whole thing was just like a, a crazy Canadian misunderstanding. Uh-huh. But if you go into the specifics of Abel Fry's home address, uh-huh. oh, no. we find out we're in Spokane. <laughs> Washington and the address that they give in the movie is real and Rogers High School is also real Uh, which is where uh, it says on the transcript that he's from is right down the street from Rogers High School like literally it's it's a three minute walk Um, a three minute what get Google off Google map 
sorry, listen. This is going to be a squid game moment where everyone's going to start going to nine. Whatever this street is. Uh, it's a very, there's a, it's a wonderful house. There's a bright blue, like, uh, table outside of it that's, like, I guess for eating, but it doesn't really look like anyone lives there anymore. Anyway, it doesn't matter. AJ drove by. He was taking time. <laughs> I, drove by. I bought the house. Uh, no. Uh, there's, a, there's a phone number that they put on it that I looked at. I'm like, huh. That looks like a real phone number. So I oh, no. it really is a squid game. So moment. I called okay. it. I called the what? phone number. You did it. You did. I absolutely did. I dialed the phone number, <laughs> and it has it has been unfortunately disconnected. Oh. I wish I could tell you that somebody answered, <laughs> no. and it was somebody named Fry, but it was not. It a was bunch of Christian but... teenagers really wore that number out. <laughs> they I'll tell you, it was, but it was the right area code, and uh, there are a lot of numbers that have the same preceding. Oh my God, maybe it was like digits, Frank Peretti's yeah. numbers. It's it's and that was just, we only get to see the transcript for that brief moment of time, and that was just for the fall semester. The spring semester was unfortunately covered up, but sure. that was pretty much wow. all the info I could I get. I feel like if we'd only been able to see the spring semester, we really yeah. would have been able to get to the bottom of this. Fuck. You can be, a, okay, okay, just to speak out, you can be a nerd and have bad grades. Like, some people, j some people are just fucking losers. You can be a dumb nerd. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's the worst kind of nerd. That really is, is the worst kind of nerd. And then they end up becoming podcasters when they're I was going to say, as somebody who had terrible grades in high school, I, I feel very say. fucking called out right now, and I do not appreciate it. <laughs> I also got a... I mean, I was going to make the bad and joke I of, had, like, and then you kill yourself. Yeah! Not appropriate. Not I had, again, my high school was only one story. I couldn't not climb any higher. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> um, so at this point, bro and sis. I, I, I call them daughter cop and daughter son cop. Daughter cop and son cop. Leighton Meester and the other guy. Um, uh, Alicia and Elijah. <laughs> Alicia and Elijah. Um, they are now mm -hmm. suited up in full on tactical gear so that they can go to the school at night for some reason. They want to see what's going on in more detail. They want to find out what exactly is happening with this ghost. Mom and dad are no, doing some bullshit with dollar bills. And the kids get back into the school. And at this point, Presidents. At this point, there's another ineffective jump scare where Crystal has put one of her creepy drawings into the football trophy case, Crystal being one of the goths. Mm -hmm. And they find the creepy room again from before with the weird mask or whatever. Yeah, this was a part that was weird to me because she, in the scene with the fake jump scare, she hits the scaffold and then the scene right. ends. Mm -hmm. But then she's like, this pipe, this pipe must have fallen on my head. But there wasn't, we didn't see a pipe fall on her head, right? Well, she's, she claimed that she like was hit, that she was struck from behind, that yeah, somebody he, hit her. Well, I think what he but said. she actually just hit like, herself. We, yeah. But we yeah. didn't see that. No, we didn't see a thing right, fall but, on her, no, right? But it was, she thought, she okay. thought that she got hit, and then her brother says, no, you actually must have just fallen back and hit this, um hit this pipe. This, which is also a weird moment, because it's like, that doesn't need to be in the script. Like, that. That, no. There's no reason for that to be in there at all. I think it's, there's a lot of filler in here. Yeah. There really it's their, is. It's their first like Scooby-Doo moment where they're like, and this is what right. happened. I'm Sherlock yeah, Holmes. Like anyway, over they're hearing this creepy yeah. incantation of some sort, and it's genuinely mm. difficult to understand what's going on in this scene. They are running <laughs> around a lot. Yeah, one of, of the goths shows up and is oh, like, so you good. shouldn't yeah. be here. And then that's the end of that scene. <laughs> at, one point, at one point, they're talking about how she might have a crush on Blake, who is, again, the right. aforementioned only black student at this right. high school. And at one point, she's, uh, she says, 
uh, I'm a uh, a normal red-blooded teenage girl. And that struck me as very creepy because I knew the screenwriter was probably like a middle-aged man. And I'm like, I don't. I thought it was her brother that said, it's nice to know you are red-blooded that's American right. Teenager. That's right. It was a Which is even that's, creepier. That's, that's yeah. It's even no, no, worse. Normal now. This is this is how all brothers talk to their sisters. <laughs> as a brother of a sister, as a sister brother. Yeah. Um, Maybe as the a girl only dad. thing I remembered about this movie. Um. So then also, we're we're back at school again the next day. I, I do have to mention as they're leaving the school, there is that goth just perched on the fence. That's oh all. yeah, I the just gargoyle. Like that. a gargoyle. That was me. <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> Felicia, get out of the She's movie. Like, Hi, my name is Felicia Lobo. Um, <laughs> in 17 years, I'll be on a podcast talking about this movie. Bye. Oh, yeah. At this point now, um, one of the other football players has seen a hangman in his locker. He's going after Ian, one of the goths being like, how dare you? Fuck you. And I got to say, I love the way that the goths are portrayed in this movie. We haven't really had a chance to talk about the goths, and mm. I want to talk about them because I love yeah, let's talk about the, goths. the costuming. I love oh, yeah. their excessive <laughs> amounts of eyeliner. Oh, I yeah. like the weird limp biscuit type music that plays way too loudly every single time they show up on screen. Uh, Turgid biscuit, I believe, is the name of the band. I mean, that's how I'm trying to enter every room. Absolutely. And and a long cloak. Every fucking time they come in, the movie comes alive a little bit. You know what I mean? It really does. Um, Well, because they're the protagonists of this film. Right. And that's something that I feel is like a huge misopportunity. A better movie, and honestly, a better Frank Peretti story would have just been about a goth kid who's getting caught up oh, in all this I shit. Loved but that. he's writing for the teens right. and he has to make it real warm blooded teens. So yeah, I'm curious, <laughs> curious to hear uh, everybody's <laughs> thoughts as well on these goths and sort of their presence in this film, how they're portrayed, what jumped out at you about these delightful, sad children. I mean, I love a redheaded goth. That's my favorite kind of goth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the strong, the strong contrast between the hair, the pale skin, right? Mm-hmm. The dark. I mean, it's it's gorgeous, just gorgeous look. The constant crying, her the eye makes constant crying, <laughs> and it's. I I did like that. Um, they were the only one that ones that kind of had believable relationships with each mm-hmm. other. Like they were kind of yeah. like a pack, little little friends, mm-hmm. and like everyone else in the movie, I was like, I don't even know like if you know each other. Like, <laughs> Uh, but in the, but for them, I was met? like, oh, I like, I, I feel like they're sticking together. They're doing their thing, um, and they believe in this legend. And I mean, I'm sure I'm assuming at some point we're talking about like the idea of a legend building mm-hmm. over time. But that's one thing that once again maybe a missed opportunity. Like if this movie had just been about a bunch of goths, right, that had like hyped up this legend to themselves, and like we're trying to like make the world a better place for them in that school, like right. that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they get involved right. in and like they could have cut powers. like at least twenty five minutes yeah. out of that film and reduce their budgets. <laughs> well, we yeah. have to have, we have to have a scene where Alicia walks with Blake along a river. Yeah, and that's really important. <laughs> renounces his entire belief system. It's actually super fucking important. Yeah. It's really important that they kiss, and then she says, "Don't ever do that again." But in an don't impl- ever do that again. And, but but, but, but then, implied that like do it again, which I think is yeah. a terrible yes. fucking message to send to well, kids. You I know? get the sense that the only reason she said it in that way was that her dad was watching. Oh, I, uh, maybe. maybe. But her From dad RV. seems like super cool with he's it. He's like the cool like, dad. Yeah. Well, I mean, he. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean. 
mean like he's watching and he like maybe like stayed watching a little bit longer yeah. than he probably should have. Yeah. I don't but buy that this family's related. That's the whole thing. Right, I, right, this right. feels like no, uh, I don't no. either. This feels like but witness the, protection. The other no. weird thing with with that guy when she goes on a date with him, I, I I wish I I thought I had written it down, but I don't see it in my notes. He says something like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I of all people should know that no prejudice is okay." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That was Blake. Like, Blake said that. I, oh, so cringy. I, the the godless black man. I understand prejudice, and I was in fact worse than that prejudice by being prejudiced against right. you for being a Christian. I went back. I had to go back and rewatch Wait. that like two mm. or three times just to make sure that. Like I was like, did that happen or did I just have a small like, stroke? I felt yeah. the same way. Yeah, <laughs> it was it, like it, what? they they really kind of throw that under where you're like, what did he just say? <laughs> It's such a poorly written line that they've almost rescued themselves, but I was on it. God damn it. I was like, "Ah." I have a little bit of good news. So that actor is Edwin Hodge, which is Uh a good name. Um, But it looks like he's actually done pretty well for himself. He has 76 acting credits. Holy shit. Damn. And he had a named role in a lot of things. Okay. In the Sleepy Oh, he was in the Sleepy Hollow series. And so did the brother. This is like a a solid The brother uh, ended (laughs) up having a major recurring uh, role on HBO's Big Love. He was in like 76 episodes of Big Love. So I need me a Frank Peretti movie to watch. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God, he's in Big Little Lies. Okay, this guy's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing he's doing great. Um, uh, but you know who's not doing great? Uh, the goths who are currently no. being beaten up uh, oh, sorry, by the jocks. But it's unfortunate. The janitor, not Nathan Fillion man, uh, comes to their rescue. Uh, only to see. Be- I thought he looked a lot like Ray Liotta, AJ, and I thought that's where you're gonna go. Uh, no, he doesn't not look like Ray Liotta, but it's hard because I really only know Ray Liotta from his voice work. So uh, uh, yes, no. Uh, in Adventures and Odyssey, the, the coach. Uh, Josh hates that joke. He hates it so much. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> so uh, the coach comes around the corner as uh, the janitor is trying to oh chastise God, these bullies from the yeah. assholes. Yeah, this moment's great. And there's this confrontation between the two of them, which is really just another. And he assaults the coach. He does assault mm-hmm. the coach uh, because the coach <laughs> pokes him twice uh, on his shoulder to be like, the tough survive. And he's like, you want to see tough? And then like. I, I want to say like a fourth grader, he just grabs him by the thumb yes. and just like twists, yeah. and the coach immediately goes down. Like he's, he's found his Achilles heel. Uh, That's all it takes. It's all it takes to take down this coach. It really is amazing because the movie is positing that like the goths are kind of right in their vengeance mm-hmm. against the bullies. Right. And mm-hmm. that's that's nice to see. But it also it's like it's also siding with the demon worship. I got really lost yeah. about where this movie's allegiances lie, mm-hmm. especially for being a well, Christian piece of entertainment. Yes. And that's why I was like, the goths are clearly the most likable. Yeah. But that feels like that shouldn't be mm-hmm. the message mm-hmm. I'm right. getting. The goths have more of and I think you kind of alluded to this more of like an actual inner life like there's one scene that I actually really thought was sweet where um, little goth girl and little goth boy like have a little moment together and he like kisses her on the head and is like we will make through it together we have you know the power of Abel Fry on our side and it's like oh these sweet little babies you know they're just trying to survive in a a school where they're constantly being beaten up or you know where some of the teachers actively run interference for the bullies you know where there are no (laughs) teachers in norman's freaky animal palace that's true uh where it's like how can he keep all that stuff there i don't my my one note for this scene is 
there's a lot of overtones yeah, here. Yeah, I was going to say, he shows her his snake. Like, and it's very... And she's like, ooh, can I handle your snake? And she around her mm-hmm. neck. And yeah. he's like, stop it, don't do it. Don't do that, Leighton. They, like, do it's a close-up. It's weird. Very but strange it's anti-porn, because he is saying, no, don't touch my snake. And also... <laughs> he's like, you can touch yeah. it, yes. but you can't, you can't fully... You know, whatever. Go right. all the way right, with this. Right, right. While looking at this snake. <laughs> Wait, is this pre or post Britney? Oh, with you the mean the, the toxic? To- no, which video was that? <laughs> toxic? I think it was toxic. Yeah, it's toxic. toxic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably pre. It's probably be the same pre. year. <laughs> uh, they, uh, Britney stole it anyway. from this movie, actually. Right, she was exactly. watching ABC <laughs> Family and she, she said, I got it. an idea. No, uh, she said, that's the, well, the we- <laughs> well, the weirdest thing is that, that Alicia, when she looks at the snake, says, reminds me of a guy I dated. And I went, yes, uh, go to a horny jail movie. I, 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 I actually read that as very literally saying that that guy was a snake. And I think yes, that's what they were yeah. going for. But I agree that it didn't but quite come across like that. But how could you not see the double entendre? Like, <laughs> ugh. Well, uh, I know how they can't it's see the double Christian. entendre. They can't even yep. see it anymore. Yep. But, a, but a very yep. important piece of plot that comes up here is that Norman has been to Africa. Uh, he went there on a student trip, mm-hmm. uh, which will come back a little bit later um, because uh, with a whole extra plot, we never needed. Oh, yeah, hey, hey, guess, hey, guess what, friends? Uh, Nor- the Norman in a horror movie? He probably did it. Uh, but That's you know, I didn't even register that. But of course, yeah, yeah so of course, sense. his name. Is One Norman. of the other students also bops in in this scene, and she says, "Hello, I am leaving," and then leaves the room. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Who are you? And everyone in this film is very worried about like rattling happening in the vents as if vents just don't (laughs) rattle normally. They're like, huh, that's really weird. There's something rattling in the vents. I choose not to investigate. And they just kind of keep going. To me, I was like, oh no, there's something in the pipes. Yeah. And we've met the basilisk, which is Norman's penis. Yeah. There's so many moments. I really don't want to think about Norman's penis. But there's thank so you. many moments in this movie because it's just so ineptly scripted. There, yeah. they lifted stuff out of the book and they pretty much just dropped it in place. But for the first like maybe 40 to 50 minutes of the movie, it is pretty much just a literal lift and drop job from the book, which is just straight up exactly beat for beat the same. But what they did was they took the just without any of the technical no skills. changes. Yeah. What they did, though, is they basically put, took the first two thirds of the book, condensed it down into the first first third of the movie, and then they made up everything else from then on out. What? But they still had mm. all of this technical stuff from, well, not everything, but in terms of in broad strokes, they restructured quite a bit of it. So these threads that get paid off later on in the book never get paid off in the movie because it doesn't make sense because they restructured the entire like thrust through to the uh, climax and conclusion of the film. Well, can I tell can I tell you the truth, though? Both these screenwriters, they never worked again. Huh. Never, never again. <laughs> never never again. before the, and wow. never again. Yeah. Both of wow. them. Are you just so, on don't worry. That's what this industry theirs. is. <laughs> That's what Christian movies are. You'll get these people who just like had one thing. And then they wrote the one thing and then you never hear from them ever again. That's how Adventures in Odyssey started. It's just that that ended up continuing on. And so like Paul McCusker, who wrote church skits, just 
kept writing for or two or you end up being like David A.R. White and you end up having this really improbable hit with God's Not Dead. And then you think that mm. the reason that people watch this movie is because they liked your performance in it so much <laughs> that you make the subsequent <laughs> movies about your character. <laughs> Fucking crazy. So it feels like a lot of this movie they just cut pivotal plot scenes to make room for more snake talk. That is exactly and I know what they that, did. That this pays off <laughs> and later. Talk. But at the t- while you're watching, it, you're just like, why is this at all important? It doesn't imbue like any of these scenes with any sort of importance. I know Norman ends up being so important, but the two scenes you get with him in the first hour and 20 minutes make you think, cut this character. What's what's interesting, too, about the structure, again, of the screenplay compared to the I really am just going to keep talking about the book because fuck it. Like, you're the only one who's read it. Also part of and our listeners have read this book. (laughs) Exactly. Part of what genuinely I thought made this kind of interesting, at least academically, it's not an interesting movie. It sucks ass and it's boring to watch, but I think it's good, actually. It's like. It's right up there with uh, It Follows for me. Um, (laughs) That hurt my soul. (laughs) All of the scenes that she does with, what's his name, football guy? Blake. Blake, thank you. None of those scenes are in the book. They added all of that, and they added it at the expense of character building scenes with Norman. They they decided that- Yeah, why do we never find out anything about our freaking villain? That's what's weird, right? The book goes into- snakes. There are a number of scenes. Do they give like just whole side scenes with Norman? Yeah, they're pretty interesting, honestly. I mean, they're not great, but like- I would bet. They're they're somewhat interesting. They're way more interesting than that weird fucking scene where they're holding hands and walking next to the river or whatever. (laughs) Um, And- There is nothing that the teens love more than a chaste romance. Oh, so chaste. Just the chastest of walks. But yeah, like, the, you. part of it too is it ends up uh, being a bit of a, a heel turn at the end that Norman, but he's he, he becomes a sympathetic villain in the book where the whole reason right. that he wanted to uh, do this was to sort of get his revenge. Again, it ties into the stuff with the goths and the other misfits mm-hmm. where they're in this pressure cooker where they have no way of sort of fighting back against the system other than using their own wits. And you start to learn this about Norman earlier on, but you don't actually learn that he is the person who is basically making mechanically possible this quote-unquote curse. But it's really important character building, and it's completely absent from the movie, and so it makes Mm. no fucking sense. It doesn't. And what's astounding to me is that after like pushing Norman to the side... Uh, and cutting all of his scenes, we had to make room for the greatest cameo perhaps <laughs> ever committed to film. God. Mm. And we will talk about Frank Peretti and his <laughs> masterful performance as Dr. Algernon. Good Lord. Right after this message. Oh my message. God, I wonder if he's in the GIA sponsors. I wonder if anybody gave him any flowers. Howdy, listeners. Larry Hapsburg here from what was formerly known as Harry Hapsburg's Hole-in-Fun Mini Golf Course and Gun Depot, located in scenic Palm Beach, Florida. My brother, Harry Hapsburg, he of the titular Harry Hapsburg's Hole-in-Fun Mini Golf Course and Gun Depot, was recently incarcerated for trying to wrestle a pelican what slept with his wife. So we are relaunching as Larry Hapsburg's Hole-in-Fun Mini Golf Course Gun Depot and Exotic Spotter Emporium, or H-H-I-F-M-G-C-G-D-E-S-E. Same old Habsburg hole and fun experience, now with more spotters. Do you need spotters for your made-for-TV movie or actual picture show? 
Well, look no further than Larry Habsburg's hole-in-fun mini-golf course, gun depot, and exotic spider emporium. We got spiders from everywhere. Africa. So if you're looking for spiders and are too impatient for them to find you, we've got you covered in spiders. We'll cover you in spiders. But don't take our word for it. Just ask our newest employee, Crazy Craig, who we recently covered in spiders. What do you say, Craig? Oh, no, he is dead. Uh, use the code name Crazy Craig to get 100% off any order of spiders as long as it's within the next whenever, because I think we might have one of those give a mouse a cookie situations, but with spiders and human flesh. Oh no! The spotters have taken control of the mini golf course and have learned to drive the carts. Larry Habsburgs has fallen! I repeat, Larry Habsburgs has fallen! Habsburg's Holland Fund Mini Golf Course, Gun Depot, and Exotic Spider Emporium is a subsidiary of Habsburg's Eclectic and Legal Potables Incorporated. All rights reserved. Member FDIC. Oh, God. The spiders have gotten into my booth. Oh, God. Oh, no. Kill me. Somebody, please kill me. Oh, God. Well, where are we? Welcome back. That was uh, (laughs) was a weird one. How did we get that sponsor? Uh, Very carefully. Mm. I I sucked them off. Oh, my God. Um, No. So... Let's we're talking uh, about Christian horror. Christian horror. And, and, and what really, like you were saying, AJ, what is more horrifying than the performance that Mr. Franklin Peretti, I'm assuming his full name is Franklin, but turns like in Francesco. as uh, Dr. Algernon. Dr. Algernon Wheeling. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is Frank Peretti thinking that he is Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Yeah. And I would actually argue moderately succeeding because at least when he's on screen, I'm not bored. Yes. In a way that I am with most of the rest of this movie. That is correct. Um, I am obsessed with the way that he is introduced in this film because he pulls up in his just shitty ass car and he gets out holding a banjo case. And the door of the RV swings open. The mom character, who up until this point has been mostly a non-entity, except when she's been, like, examining drug samples that seem dangerous and then just touching her face with the gloves. Like, like, gloves 101, take them off. Uh, She comes out of the RV and she says, Dr. Algernon, the acoustics professor, like he's a cat in cats that has come (laughs) his turn to introduce himself. Dr. Algernon is an acoustics professor. <laughs> and he just brings out his banjo and he plays this little song and maybe he'll get to the heavy side layer. Right. Hard to say. But that's that's a take on Andrew Lloyd Webber's melodies, I gotta say, AJ. Oh, was, thank you so much. I've, been, I've watched the Cats movie three times because that is know. a horror movie I can stand. I don't know why you would do that no, to yourself. That too many times. <laughs> the movie... Me, I, li- I wish that movie had been worse. I felt like it was too much on the edge of like trying to... like I, I felt like it's not good and it's also 
could be much worse. And if it was much worse, it would have been much more enjoyable. Yeah, you know, it needed more discussion about prayer in school. Yes. Yeah. That's what I think <laughs> would have made Elba Cats the McCavity perfect turned out and says, I'm taking prayer out of schools, McCavity! <laughs> and, like, vanished. I'd be like, yeah, no, five I, out of five. I, I, was, I was thinking... Uh, at once I finished up last night, I was like, what is a, a movie that I've enjoyed less than this one in recent memory? And actually, the answer is Cats, which mm. I watched during the pandemic. And then the very mm -hmm. next mm -hmm. night, I watched Uncut Gems, which is one of my favorite movies. And so similarly to clear, they did the same I did the thing same thing. Night. I watched Uncut Gems last night after I watched this fucking thing because I needed to remember what tension in a movie felt like. Yeah, Josh loves <laughs> inducing panic attacks. That's that's why he watches Uncut Gems. I was going to say, yeah, that movie was rough to watch in the pandemic because it was like, I was already like on edge and I was like I can't do this. When I watched Hangman's Curse I had already gotten through a couple episodes of Midnight Mass oh, uh, so like a couple nights before so then I was like I'm gonna go back to Midnight Mass and watch this other Christian horror mm -hmm. thing but from a totally different angle. I uh, would argue that Cats is more a sociological experiment than it is a film. I never will allow any Andrew Lloyd Webber notes in this podcast Thank you, ever in Thank my you, life. Brian. Uh, but, Not once. But as but Frank Wildhorn, fine. Weber. Wow. Uh -uh. Okay. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Great. So I'll sing Death Note the musical, and that'll make the cut. Fine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, makes totally. fucking sense. Yeah. Uh, that line is deaf. They're definitely singing about their balls. They are, and it's great. We about are their so far off the rails right now. It's not even yeah, I was like, funny. Come back to Frank. Let's pull back. So to Frank. Frank. Let's get back to Frank, Frank Peretti. Pulls out his banjo and starts singing about his balls. Yeah. He comes into the RV and just starts making choices. He's 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 moving around, he's fiddling with shit. There's that's, a that's one thing. He, yeah, he, he did a lot of self-direction, I think. Yes. Yeah, yes. he sits down in a chair, he pulls out his banjo, and then he just doesn't play the banjo. The next shot, the banjo is completely gone, and he's instead eating Twinkies. Like it's right. almost good comedy. If it had just kept cutting back to him and he just had a different thing in his hands, like I would have been like, Yeah. And there are a couple of times in this movie where there are almost jokes. Like when they're yeah. trying to break into the school yeah. and uh, Elijah's like, I'll use my FBI training. And then he kicks the door and then nothing happens. Like, had he thrown himself against the door and hit the floor, I would have been like, oh, that's that's a good well, joke. That would, and uh, then there's the, whole, yeah. there's the whole running joke about how Sun Cop was like, I did FBI training instead of learning how to drive. Yeah. And... And and daughter cop just keeps owning him because of well, that. Well, it, it goes. Like, like, you know what it really actually does remind me of is like it's a we, Spy Kids was mentioned earlier, and it's just like a really it's an ineffective version of that dynamic, right? Because the give and take right. in Spy mm -hmm. Kids is so funny the way they like they genuinely have great chemistry in that movie the, as brother and sister. It's very believable. If, so this Frank Pretty cameo is interesting because you, know, right, like you said, he's making a lot of really strong choices. He's directing himself largely. I don't know what the circumstances were that led to him uh, having this what should be a cameo but ultimately ends up really being somewhere between a feature role to like a the full on of the plot. Yeah, it's yeah. huge it's like the most important part of the mystery which is also weird because again this family doesn't do shit all they do is collect a couple of chemicals and then he does the rest of the did work did anyone not because I didn't know that he was in it when I watched this movie so that was something I learned later oh. after watching yeah, did I anyone saw, else have that experience I saw his name in the credits and then when this character appeared I'm like I bet that's Frank Peretti <laughs> Okay. There's like no way that's not him. Lauren, did you know? I knew, but just because I'm like an IMDb nerd when I watched I, movies. I, I, I get it. I didn't know until I started, but like once, yeah, 
once it uh, began. Uh, Lauren, as the IMDb nerd, um, can you tell me if the Margaret Margaret Travolta in this film is related, is related to a John Travolta? Yeah. yeah, I was wondering that too. Unrelated. Wow. I looked it up. Unrelated. I was and, very and curious. David Keith I know. is also not related to Keith David. I know it's fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I, it's always good when you name your kid the mirror image of your name. He's the guy who knows about spiders, I guess. I love to call my spider guy. <laughs> spider guy, spider guy. Whatever's going on with this situation has something to do with spiders, and this is the guy who knows things about spiders. So keep that yeah. in the back of your head. He's the um, acoustics professor. Right, who knows about spiders. Weird. And He's he a, will do as he do do. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Elijah goes to a house, and it's not at all explained before this scene why yeah, he's going like, like we're at a house right now and it turns out that this house is the house of uh abel fry's sister uh who pulls a gun on him but then invites him inside again and, the smallest gun you've ever seen um and we learn in this scene then from her from her exposition that abel I love to point guns at kids i just love it it's, with his, it's a it's a spokane tradition and i'm glad to carry it on pointing myself, guns at children so. Yeah, <laughs> we learned that Abel lived with his family and he got bullied the fuck out of him. And it's actually the bullying that pushed him over the edge. This stuff about yeah, stabbing a girl is not true. None of that. Um, and then there's something almost interesting there. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it isn't at the end of the day. Honestly, her performance, though, is great. I just have she to call that. Job, I yeah. thought she was one of the best monologues. I, I agree. Except for the last line that she says, which was like a total one take in your golden moment, where she goes, uh, I hope they rot in hell for what they did to my brother and to my to my family. It was just like this. It sounded like she forgot to finish the sentence. <laughs> Whatever they did to my brother. She was highlighting. Yeah, she, she was, was highlighting. highlighting my family. Mm-hmm. There are other family right. members in case exactly. you did exactly. and, and meanwhile uh, Leighton Meester is crawling through the school and finally finally uh, again like we've seen it's the same searching sequence that oh, we've also seen we've, three we've lost another times. football player at this point right. Leonard tripped balls in shop class right yeah right he's, and, he's and out of the picture those, now and all those like tripping ball segments look like an intro to like a 2001 episode of house mm-hmm. like yeah and what they said about Leonard is that he started tripping balls faster or something. Right. There's like a little almost throwaway line We're that's suppo- supposed to be very important right. because it, I guess, deals with the way these spiders are breeding. We finally get to like the inner sanctum, right? And I don't know. I thought this was actually kind of cool. I, I like the I like the set dressing here. Finally, yeah. for once. She wandered into the oh, set of yeah. Suspiria. Yeah, I like this. I like the little dolls. I like the, yeah. yeah they look nice. The pentagram on the floor. particularly well but they look fine. Yeah. Uh, Abel Fry's name written backwards on the wall, which red is... Red rum, red rum! Which is the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, but and, we'll take it. We'll, well take I mean, it. at this point, can't? like, at least camp. Give well, us some fucking of, this camp. This is another weird... I guess it's also kind of a Spy Kids thing, because for whatever reason, the only way they hear the names and the chants is by playing it backwards. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> which doesn't even... Like, you us. hear the kids, when they're chanting exactly. in the school, they're not talking backwards like doing Twin Peaks speech. Right. They just took the recording and played it backwards later when we're in the camper what and a, then uh, played it forwards again. It really... Because fuck you, Everything that happens in that camper is just like, pretend science? Yeah, well... It's pretend <laughs> science. And what's also... <laughs> <laughs> None of that shit in the RV really matters. Like it's it, it's it's to drive no. along the spider bullshit. But ultimately, that's a MacGuffin. Like it doesn't actually matter how any of that happens. Ultimately, mm. what matters is that we get to the point of knowing that spiders 
are causing the poison thing right. to occur. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. this whole thing where apparently it's getting worse. Right. Which again, you just cut that. None of this matters. Right. Um, but I guess it matters because of the Africa thing, which I'm just now pe- piecing it, together. It only and that's makes sense. It, it makes sense in the book um, because again, you can do stuff like yeah. that in a book. You can't do stuff like that in a movie, at least not I this one. I also have to get into this. So I'm in brown recluse territory. Oh yeah. The brown recluse spider is everywhere oh, here. It's a fucked up little guy. That's scary. Yeah, I don't really fuck you Nasty, up. nasty. A bite gets really infected, and in the worst case scenario, the area becomes necrotic. It rots as if it were dead. Ew! It literally, <laughs> I just learned that a new part word. of That's your body fine. starts to die and necrosis starts. Necrosis. That's worst case scenario. It's not going to happen from most bites, but it, but it stays localized. It does not get into your brain and give you COVID psychosis. Right. Um, but these are and, hybrid spiders, Brian. And, but yeah, they're hybridized with these African... <laughs> Wolf spiders, yeah, which don't have, which they, they don't do anything to you. I think they do actually have some venom, but it doesn't affect people. Their bites can hurt because they're very large. Yeah, but nobody seems to notice that but there it, are spiders crawling on them and biting them, <laughs> which is the most implausible part of this which entire again, movie. They have large mandibles; you will feel that fucking bite. Also, um, every spider in this movie is a tarantula. Like, I'm not wrong about that, right? Like, the spider handler yes, just yeah, throw tarantulas yeah, yeah. on everyone. Which are mostly those, harmless, right? Those large spiders, they they don't. They're not going to kill you. They're not going to make you trip balls. In, 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 I get it, that it's a horror movie. But at the same time, one, one more time. <laughs> they took a, a spider that does not poison human right. beings when it bites them and said that it's going to poison them to death. Like, pick it. You already got the brown recluse. Good job. Get a, a black that widow, right. something right. else. It also, but to be, it has to be African, <laughs> just like the drug dealer has to be Gomez. To be clear, yeah. though, in in the book, it's not two dozen large tarantulas. It's a mm-hmm. million centimeter long spiders, right? Which is so much fucking that's scarier. What, that's very that's scary. scary. And that's, that's what brown recluses are like. They're so small you can't see them. Right. Hence the name. And, and, and so Ooh. in the book, there's these that's really rich, terrifying yeah. descriptions Horrible. of uh, particularly down. In like these basement areas where the the spiders are breeding, that you just have the walls that are like moving, moving because no. they're just coated no. in spiders. No, no, no. Right? That's scary. No, no, they no. didn't have the Not money for that. that. No, no, thank that. you. Wait, but I'm just I'm going through something over here. So like <laughs> yeah. guy on the football field death that starts off yeah. the movie. Yeah. He had a giant spider on him that no one noticed. Well, it's a fine life carrying the spider through it all. I think he still had a small spider, but other people had a giant one. This is where it's like really confusing. Right. Because they put a spider in a straw. Right. The spider secretes right. pheromones, which leads to the worst line in this movie. Out of <laughs> Let's hear it. With, Stiff competition, but it says the kids might call it a chemical booty call. Oh, <laughs> in I reference to that. spider pheromones. I, I literally, a, I literally felt my sex lines. drive die while watching <laughs> him say that line. Yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna have sex again. And, but also the movie. Um, <laughs> oh boy! Um, I just, I just really wish this had just been a ghost story about a legend about a kid who had hung himself too. in high school, right? And so somehow this spider—it's so attracts another spider, which then I guess hangs out in your pocket mm-hmm. or something, and then it bites you at some point. You never notice, right? And then you trip balls until you die, which again only really yes. makes sense if the spider is this large. 
If it's a tarantula, right. you would fucking notice. By but it also of being a doesn't really right. make sense. No, not either. really. Like, why are they putting a spider in a straw? It's the perfect crime, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it why wouldn't they just simple. take a spider and put it like on your neck? Well, and there's also but, this stuff with how like there is pheromones on the money, and by giving like that's why the scenes yeah, with these the, kids getting mugged is important because the money has the pheromone right. on oh, it. And right. it's, it doesn't really make sense. It's like way too complicated. Wait, so and then it goes on that one girl's sweater. Right. That right. Was, oh, it was on the sweater the and then the money pocket. was in her right, pocket. Right, right. Yeah. So, oh, the then, so then daughter pocket. cop gets targeted. But I like that targeted. she wore the sweater because she wanted to be Lean's friend. That was cute. Yeah, that so was daughter very cop, nice. <laughs> daughter cop gets targeted. Redheaded goth girl is sad. And yeah. she's like, what's wrong? And the redheaded goth girl's like, uh, someone poured coffee on me? Soda. Something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, someone poured soda so on me. pop. <laughs> And uh, uh, daughter cop was like, here, have my sweater, which then curses this young goth girl to get spidered to death. Because they were supposed to spider Leighton Meester. She was going to be the next target because she knew too much. But yeah, well, she was uh, the the redheaded goth girl is leaning. Crystal is her name, uh, was leaning up against uh, the vending machine. And there's just this long moment where there's music playing underneath her. And she's kind of staring off in the middle distance. And I think this is when she reaches in her pocket to get uh, the dollar bill. But it lasts for like 10 seconds of just like this musical vamping. I'm like, if she bursts into song, I will forgive this movie everything. (laughs) But then it's like right after this, we do have a musical number. We Sure do. The but curse of the hangman. The whole reason at this point <laughs> that Leighton Meester is marked for death is that when she was down there in the inner sanctum, she saw too much. And one thing that I that yeah. we forgot to mention is that there was actually a guy down there dressed up yes. as a skeleton who then yeah. was chasing her around and potentially trying to kill her. Yeah. And you know what? There's nothing uh, that sure, screams sure. threat <laughs> like something you can just knee in the balls. I was going to say, and then, and then her, and he then, was so easily dispatched. Not like, to mention there was that no also from Skullman. at some point her brother showed up down there too. And it was like, we got to get out of here. It's like, wait, why don't you like know Kung Fu or something? Like you're, you're like the most, you, you're incredibly <laughs> correspondent scores. Let's go to our inner sanctum. <laughs> the theater. The Thesra. The Curse um, of the Hangman, the play. I did not pause to see the, the playwright of this play. Uh, this high and now school I'm regretting it. is doing the most avant-garde <laughs> shit of any high school in America. Yeah. They just uh, have like a modern dance company that does daytime performances <laughs> yep. of local legends. House lights fully up. It's no so lighting good. on stage. Is this supposed to be related to the kid who hanged himself 10 years and ago. And a local legend. They're doing a play about a local legend that's also currently, currently killing happening. or putting children into comas. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they're making it into like a period thing where it's like 300 years old, like the 47 Samurai. That one's just for me. <laughs> but no, this was maybe my favorite part of the whole movie was yeah. this whole sequence. Oh, Agreed. It, By it's the way, in another fun, scene yeah. that I was like, this can't this be happening. Scene, it's all, this yeah, it's one of those things really that's happening. so stupid. You just wish the rest of the movie was on this yeah, wavelength. I agree. Because exactly. it would fucking yeah. It almost looked like everyone was gathered to watch a rehearsal because none of those <laughs> yeah. kids were in sync. Every, every <laughs> light in the place was on. And then the teacher comes on stage. They're she's doing like, their best, AJ. Jesus Christ. One of the extras is just in fully modern clothes while everyone else around them is in like, like crucible costumes. Also worth that, noting here um, to the point of it's like you've never done a high school play before. AJ. It's true. I was just going to say, have you seen high to school? The point of this being we didn't all get to work with Aaron Sorkin. That oh, is for God's sake. So much me, more fun and off the wall than much of the other stuff in this movie. Generally speaking, the farther away they get from the source material, the goofier it gets. 
None of this is in the book. They completely uh-huh. like not even anything resembling this. They I imagine fully this made was this sort whole of like, up. like the John Peters. Let's put a giant spider in this movie, no matter what movie it was. Right. Thing the where Wild Wild like Syndrome, this, yeah. this director was just like, I need a modern dance sequence. I thought it was maybe stolen from like Scream 2. Mm. Where there's like that oh. whole chase scene around the theater. It feels very Scream 2. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I would yeah. love to hear, because, you know, we've done, and I've done especially a bit of recapping. I would again love to hear Felicia and Lauren <laughs> relate to us now sort of your memory of how this scene plays out. Because it is so fucking weird Oof. and I want to hear it out of, you know, your mouths and your memories. I mean, honestly, it looks like something I directed. <laughs> <laughs> Felicia starts describing a very similar yet slightly different play that she did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will also say that this has this scene has one of the most emotionally uh, well done scenes, which is when the redheaded yeah. girl has her freak out mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. her a reaction and her goth friend is like oh my god oh no mm-hmm. and I was like oh this is like the first real performance I've seen of someone getting in one of these comas yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really it, yeah. I mean it really so, was okay, it was yeah. like there were real emotional stakes in that moment that I was like I actually was invested in and cared about Me which too. again is why the goth should be the protagonist of this movie because oh. I, I yeah. was like look he he sacrificed everything for this god and this god has betrayed him that's at least a story and, Lauren mm-hmm. what'd you sorry I want to ask Laura what she thought about this theater moment. Oh my gosh, I just thought it was so wild. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't really. I just couldn't. It was it was something else that I really needed to rewatch because I was like, they can't be talking about Abel Fry. <laughs> yeah, can you describe describe what happens, please? Out of body experience. I don't have a they're good doing memory a play of what was going on. That is seemingly they're set do- in the Crucible years, which is yeah. maybe why I've also related Abel Fry to the Crucible. Um, yeah, where fair. they're yeah. showing, I guess, that some sort of what I assume is that some sort of demon worship caused this boy to uh, hang himself. Mm -hmm. So demons are bad or something. (laughs) And there's dancing. Right. Beautiful dancing. Hot take folks. You heard it here first. Demons bad. (laughs) And yeah, this play is cut short then because at this point, you know, little goth girl gets bit and, uh, dies just straight up dies. Seemingly. Someone like takes her pulse. No, she comes back. I thought she died. No, she comes no, back she at the comes end. Back she's, she's, she comes the end, back. Remember, she's not goth anymore, and she loves oh, Jesus. She does like yeah, yeah. she's like Sandy I'm transformation. Cool now I'm not a goth anymore. Mm, yeah. Let's yeah. play some yeah. frisbee yeah. and have the world's yeah. worst picnic. I, that's what I thought it was. Anyway, uh, he yes. Yeah, so then, uh, little goth well, boy is so uh, distressed in this moment that he right then and there decides that he's going to end it all. He's <laughs> okay. So that's that was why when Felicia stopped describing, I was like, and then doesn't he run up and he try sure to does. kill him? But it I was sure like, does. it doesn't happen that I, fast. I like that it that does. Well, <laughs> is that just at the act break, or are they doing two matinees for their own high school? Well, they had shut the curtain at that point, and then I guess somebody opens the curtain. The teacher rushes right. off stage. Um, but there, well, it seemed like the curtain was going to open because they were going to start the show. They're going to start. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I think it was so, the, the show must go on. It must. Yeah. This probably sounds very confusing to anybody who oh. has not seen this. So just to lay out exactly what happens in sequence after. No, 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 we're not going to do this because it's not going to stop being confusing. After, no, we're not going to waste their time with this. After little what? goth girl dies, he goes up no. on stage to the fucking... Right, the curse of the hangman. They have a gallows he, right there with the noose. He puts the rope around his neck and he is about is to also jump like off also like bad stagecraft. You should tell your crew how to tie a fake noose, first of all. <laughs> Why yes. is this prop a working 
right. hanging device. Exactly. <laughs> Fucked up situation. So you end up with dead kids. This place is Hogwarts. And especially, again, where the legend. It's like the Sweeney Todd High School that used real blades and like sliced kids. Did you they hear that? Sure story? That did actually happen. So maybe we're uh, in the wrong here. Yeah. Oh, man. No, no. But the reason this is so confusing to remember is because there's a lot of intercuts between that, what's happening on stage, and Alicia investigating the. Uh, the the ventilation right, system right. Uh, with her handy dandy mirror that she just happens to carry around we're, with her everywhere yeah. and then we're later still, like, a starting camera. to learn about the spider she also has a rolly bag with a biohazard suit in just it. in case i guess <laughs> she has to go into the vents of a school where she would need a biohazard <laughs> uniform i don't know um, and I where did this. she get the biohazard uniform government the rv the government, government. Yeah. <laughs> It was all in there. <laughs> the goth kid Ian tries to hang himself, but is immediately caught and put back up. But what's interesting is that he tries to hang himself. Sun Cop is like, don't. <laughs> and then the curtain don't. opens up. Goth kid is standing there. And this was almost a good scene. Yeah. Like there's like a universe <laughs> where this fucking like actually worked and became the center that they built the rest of the movie around because yep. he's standing there on the gallows with the noose around his neck the curtain opens all of the students are looking and they're all like oh yeah fuck yeah like jump. do it do it jump do dude it. do it do it do it but it was unclear because some kids were mouthing don't do it yeah <laughs> but, so, but but most were just like, yeah, like a 35 year old man I don't yeah. know yeah. there was they're, a lot going on it's the, it's the Evan Hansen <laughs> effect yeah oh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> well no 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 Josh there was no tree on stage that he could jump from, right. which is, you know, that classic form of suicide, jumping right. out of a tree. Um, the, you know, the one we're all familiar with. Is that with, how he no. commits suicide in Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah, that's how he tries to. Uh, he jumps that's out how, of a that, tree. That, that's, why, that's why his arm is broken. With a, wait, so, oh my like, God, spoilers like for Dear Evan Hansen, I guess. <laughs> Wait, does he jump off of out of a tree just onto the ground? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? No, no, no. no he doesn't die. That's how same. he breaks his arm. That's I how he breaks you his meant arm. Like he was hanging himself no, from a tree. No, he just jumps. No. He just oh jumps out of a tree because he's so sad. He's a sad. <laughs> he's he's a sad anxious boy. He's not that hard to Clearly. kill himself. It's like a light it's killing like, himself. But then he just accidentally succeeds. No, 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 no. That's Connor. No. Connor no, actually no. kills himself. Wait, there's another suicide attempt in the movie. Yes, yes. And yeah. Evan Hansen attempts to kill himself, but Connor actually succeeds in killing right. himself. Spoilers for Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, so sorry, everyone. Go see the movie. It's a masterpiece. I can't even say it. With his straight The face. worst thing about this is that it's heterosexual. So, uh, so <laughs> yes, he gets rescued. He doesn't successfully hang himself because right. there's too many people nearby. They actually catch his feet as he is stepping yeah. off. It is uh, it is yeah. so immediately negated any and all danger from yeah. this situation. Yep. It's just they, like yeah, nope. they're really protecting the <laughs> but viewer. There's this whole thing going on between Sun Cop and the Goth Kid, mm -hmm. where Sun Cop throughout this movie, because he's a Judeo Christian who is like, you know, this Abel Fry thing, you're dealing with a demon, you really shouldn't be doing this, this is bad stuff. And then, like, while this guy's gonna kill himself, he's like, the Abel Fry has betrayed me. I fell up in this world. And Sun Cop <laughs> is like, yeah, you shouldn't be messing with demons, which I think is not only Sun Cop, but the movie saying that the, the ghost of Abel Fry is real, uh -huh. is yeah. an actual demon impersonating the dead Abel Fry, that people just happen to be seeing also because of the spiders that are poisoning them. Mm -hmm. Right. Which that is very confusing because we barely right. know anything about the spiders at this point. Right. And they're just starting to set right. up that this is just a spider thing. Right. But apparently it's not just a spider thing and there is actually a ghost. And it turns out in, in the in the book, the, the way they clear this in the book, which makes a lot more sense, is that uh, 
there was no Abel Fry. Abel Fry wasn't even a real person. It was the name of the boat that the spiders came over on in the first place. And the kid who Norman, who created Norman, Norman, who did the whole experiment with the spiders in the first place, created the myth of the ghost of Abel Fry to scare the shit out of everybody. There was no ghost. The whole thing that Norman was mad because his uncle, Cold no, died? that's all. That was all added for the movie. None of that oh is God. in the book, and it makes a lot more sense because instead, it's just this kid who's pissed off. Kind of bad. Well, no, it doesn't. It's it doesn't. Not great. But, like, but to be clear, at least the motivation makes sense. Where it's like this kid is just upset that people are bullying him, and so he creates this myth of a ghost to scare the shit out of everybody while deploying some sort of biological warfare on them. Unbelievable. This movie's see, exhausting. This is, how does he quickly create a ghost like well, that, though? He just spreads. I guess he just did a really good job of. Quick- this is why this is like C tier Frank Peretti, right. because Frank Peretti's at his best when there's actually demons right. around. And this would have been so much stronger if there were. I mean, uh, yeah. this was about just this, actually about a hanged kid that was haunting the bullies at the school. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. And if the, and if you were able to find out like the reasons why he killed himself were a little bit more complicated or wasn't like what it appeared to be at first, like maybe there was like a secret cabal of like teachers who were at, like accidentally like summoned a demon and then he witnessed it. So they had to kill him. And like, you know, if there was an actual like, you know, like cool, like that movie. Yeah, I think that's a fun idea. <laughs> if there was actually a right horror that. movie somewhere in here. <laughs> yeah, if there was actually a Wait, horror isn't movie. there a horror movie that a ghost was a kid that hung himself and then, that he, that one? and then he. Yeah, maybe. I think it's the gala. It's like he's like killing off teenagers one by one, but it was like a bullied kid that kills himself. I was wondering if it was. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's Someone a very saw this and said, There's a <laughs> there's a good movie yeah. in here somewhere. It's just not this one. <laughs> <laughs> there's a good movie in here somewhere, and we're going to destroy that movie, and make a bad one instead. <laughs> um, at the, from this point on, I mean, this really we 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 move pretty quickly, you know, through the it, remaining. It turns into an action movie. It almost. becomes an action movie. Yeah. Um, which yeah, there's spiders everywhere. And, and yeah. again, it's not a million teeny tiny spiders. It's it's. Roughly two dozen tarantulas. The coach goes from that moment at the beginning when, like, his third football player has succumbed to the spider sickness, where he's like talking to the principal or somebody, or he's like, You need to do something about this. Nothing's happened yet. And then when there's spiders everywhere, he's like, Who cares about some little spiders? Right. That have put five of my kids in the hospital. (laughs) But he's just like, I'm not some fucking pussy. I've stopped caring about this entire issue entirely. Right. And then he gets spidered to death. (laughs) He's the only only one who actually dies in this movie. Because there he just gets so many spiders. Yeah, like like it almost looks like the spiders are gonna eat him, but that's not what spider do. So like they just kind of just like end up crawling all over him and it's it's a pretty lame death like there's a point where a spider like jumps tries to jump jump the camera a little bit for like a jump scare but it just looks so silly because it's like it's a little like like <laughs> so stuffed animal spider if I'm wrong because I'm actually not certain if this is what happened so Abel Fry killed himself 10 years ago <laughs> Yes, that, Go on. that I'm clear on he, he was in the custody of his sister rather than their parents yes his sister had a son. Yes. Son is the snake kid. Son is snake boy. Correct, yeah. And so the snake kid found out that goths were cursing football players, and then every time they cursed someone, he used one of his secret cameras to see who it was, and then he put the spiders in their locker without yes. the goth kids knowing but, and so the goth kids just kept thinking it was Abel Fry doing it right, when it right. was really just this other kind of loser 
with spiders. Who is not but colluding like, with the goths at all. That is correct. Yes, but also he has two yeah. different sets of spiders, uh, and he has to get one of them inside <laughs> right. of a straw yeah, with, with some sugar on spiders. both ends, uh, and he's got to plant the other spider on them right. while also having the uh, the. Uh, no, he has to rub one spider all over the dollar bills. Which AJ, will I'm then... glad that both you and I went fully Pepe Silvia for this. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, on the doors, Carol, Carol, the spiders, it. and I certainly didn't understand that when I saw this the first time. I don't know what I walked away with, thinking, hmm, whatever. Um, yeah. But I watched it this time, and I was like, "What's happening?" Right. Yeah. What it, is happening is, in this movie? It is an incredibly complex plan for a high schooler to concoct. Like that's, I think, one of the most unbelievable yeah. things about this movie that it was so many steps that he had to take to get there, and also that his uncle was just pelted by <laughs> eggs. Where were these teenagers getting all these eggs? They were just walking by, and it was just like, right. oh, well, just daily eggs get supply. the eggs because they were coming from the other direction. And I thought when, they, when they show, <laughs> it's bring your egg to school day. Throw it at the nerds. When your movie's gonna go all the way there and show how this guy got Joker-fied, that's the best you're gonna show is just right. him walking Eggs. down through his suburban neighborhood and getting an egg thrown at him. <laughs> no. like, he, he got free Teens breakfast. are much worse than that. Yeah, teens like, are much worse than that. Also, like, I mean, if someone threw a bunch of eggs at me, that would be fucking terrible, but it doesn't look good in a movie. Yeah. Like, there's so much more you could do there. I yeah. did like that it was like a couple people threw eggs and then some other people were like skating up behind them and then they threw eggs. That's what I, yeah. Brian, can um, I tell you something? Yeah. So I watched this movie and I was like, this is a really bad movie. <laughs> but I wasn't convinced that it was the worst movie ever made. But after yeah. you retelling the, the plot to me in that way, that was so clear. Like I, I was, uh, now I'm very convinced that this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. We did so it, congratulations. <laughs> We everybody did it. here. We get, everyone is bullying me now. I'm Abel Fry. <laughs> we, uh, we, we I found am in the land of brown recluse spiders. You are. <laughs> we call Brian the Abel Fry of our podcast. <laughs> more and more people are saying this. More and more so, are saying this. So basically, uh, the family goes all action commando, right. and they try and get to the bottom of these spiders. Alicia confronts Norman mm -hmm. uh, in his weird little, like, Pet shop, which is also She's the in place. her hazmat suit now, too, <laughs> right? By the way, yes. Uh, which is uh, there's also, also a noose down there his, for some reason. Yeah, his uncle hung himself. No, this is in the attic. We're in the attic where his uncle hung or himself. Or noose up there, it rather. It did feel yeah. like we were low. It felt like we were in a low. <laughs> but the noose, yes. but the noose just fall through the there. floor. Remember, right? She has to fall through yeah. the floor to hit the um, oh, fall very God, far, very very far, and break her leg. And there's a spotlight right on the noose for right. some reason. Like right. he's really like he's thing. going very camp, Norman, in this moment. But he he has this whole monologue. Where he's I'm like, the hangman. This is my case. <laughs> well, he at one point he at one point says, um, "Do you understand? They were tearing me apart. Do you understand? They were tearing out all of my organs." And let me remind you that her name is Alicia, which means that we missed out on a very very opportune joke here, which is Norman turning to her and saying, "They were tearing me apart, Alicia." <laughs> Dang it, Norman. <laughs> We were so if close. If they had pulled that off like two years before the before room was filmed. Was <laughs> he's just kind of like doing the Dexter monologue, basically, right? Like, is he yeah. just being Dexter? He's got a knife. It, none of this makes sense at this point either. That knife, by the way, vanishes at opportune moments. Yeah. At one point, he trips and falls and he gets back up and there's no knife. And then the next scene, oh, there's the knife. So, like, a, I thought he had fallen on his knife. It was uh, around here. He's just got a lot of knives and he just keeps dropping them. He's a real butterfinger. It was around here that I took the note 
wrote, how am I this drunk after three Heinekens? This doesn't make sense. And I, I couldn't tell if it was like, like, I got, this was around the time that I was really glad that I was drinking because I was just like, if I had had to watch this whole thing fully sober, I, I don't think I would have made it through it genuinely. So uh, Alicia falls through the floor uh, of this hangman's place or like she crawls down and she breaks her leg right. uh, while hitting into the middle yep. of the pentagram and then Norman comes in and is like well you know too much uh, and, she, and he has his knife and she's like oh please don't kill me and he says I've never killed anyone and he tears open her hazmat suit so the spiders can get it's in because like, they're just surrounded by spiders and then uh, he turns to her and says you know I don't want to go to jail where there's going to be a lot of these other bullies uh, the same type of bullies that have been bullying me here so I'm going to I'm going to end it and he pulls out a little tarantula a friend and he opens his shirt and he makes <laughs> right. the spider totally bite him. About that. Right. And if you had told me at the start of this movie that it would end with suicide by spider, mm-hmm. I would have never <laughs> believed you in a million years. I'm uh, also like, you got that knife. Like, I don't know. Yeah, probably, just well, stab know. yourself, man. <laughs> Just stab Be her. And so she's lying there. There are spiders filling up her suit and on top of her suit. And he's got the spider just chowing down on his <laughs> sternum. And what saves a daughter cop in the end? What saves her? Prayer. Prayer right. in school. Yeah, oh, she yeah. does a prayer. Oh, wow. I didn't think in about it. In school. Oh, my God. But yeah, and this then... is where the Christian music starts playing. <laughs> I'm diving in. I'm going deep. <laughs> she sings Jesus Loves Me This I Know. Does she not? Oh, no. Is yep. this script actually brilliant? No. Like, no, it's not, the AJ. come in, and the paramedics come in, and Algernon has just made his special Anti- formula for not spidering to death. It's not going to work for the the coach sorry too bad (laughs) and then everyone else gets brought back to life and it turns out the football players and the goth girl are alive i guess and then they're all playing catch and they're having a picnic and they love the lord now what's amazing to i really wanted her to be dead i really wanted it to do the jump cut to him flipping burgers (laughs) and he's flipping burgs at a funeral just going over (laughs) and celebrating the way those are the worst hamburger patties too Oh, they look so dry they're fucking briquettes really sensing now is that so much of this really was taken from harry potter and the chamber of secrets yeah like we have the spiders we have the mm. talking in the walls we have the we snakes we have the snakes we have a ginger character sure do. <laughs> who I gets mean, in way over her head and has a yeah. seizure in front of everyone in front of a school I mean, this Ooh. is kind of crazy does, wait does that happen to Ginny weasley yeah there were a lot of authors at this time and maybe peretti was thinking this way where uh, christian authors i mean who were like we need to offer an alternative to harry potter right and, and Frank Peretti we need 100% believes that Harry Potter contains with it demonological texts. Um, yeah, right. Totally. Um, and yeah, look at how two J.K. Rowling turned out to be. Yeah. <sighs> Depressing. Yeah, no. All she had really to do was... Really ruined it for all of us. All she really had to do was say nothing. You That's know? it. Just be a bajillionaire. Just, Just chill in your little big giant house. But you knew something was going to happen after she wrote the mis- the history of magic in North America. Yikes. You knew something was coming. Yeah, no, that was that was really rough. I mean, something about getting that much money just like rots your brain yeah. entirely. I think we've said that on this podcast yeah. before, but like I think it, that's probably true. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Ugh. But anyway, so and we're so, at this picnic uh, yeah. with the worst spread I've ever seen at any picnic ever. There's no potato oh, salad. They are grateful for it. The worst they of all possible all spreads. They pray all over it. And you know what they all they do all over each other is play that frisbee because right. good God, they get into a big pile and it's just like just like kiss though. Like the like Ian and Blake at one point, like Blake puts his arm around Ian and he's just oh, like, my good hey, God, you know, that, the, she's pretty hot. Again, huh? the overtones. It was pretty, yeah, no, not yeah. undertones. Super overtones of just like everyone. Everyone here should smooch. Uh, and uh, they all pray and uh, oh there's this weird ongoing thing throughout the movie of the mom uh, character talking to uh, not Nathan Fillion about how she was just like you know Blake reminds me a lot of you when oh you were that God, age that whole <laughs> didn't know Super anything weird. about the Lord and then I spent 20 years converting you and then like not Nathan Fillion looks her in the <laughs> eyes and it's like just like no light behind his eyes says and I loved every minute of it wife uh. and then they kiss and so now you see the same thing happening to Blake and it's supposed to be like uplifting you know we're bringing this guy to Jesus which is what we're the bringing, movie bringing this young black man in America who has never heard about Jesus yeah, Christ what? somehow never once never once somehow uh, yeah, it's uh, bringing him over to the Lord, and the mom like leans in, and he's like, he. Well, I think he starts out with "Yo, God," which, I mean, fuck. But uh, the mom says, "See, just like you," and I'm like, "There is no chance in wow, hell I didn't that not Nathan that Fillion but, would have ever said Yo, God.' Yeah, no, he absolutely did. not. He did. I mean, the, uh, he says no, Yo, God,' but then the most alarming is he. Then he says, "Thank God for Alicia being, being so, so hot." hot yeah. Oh no! Why? Oh, I didn't even hear and that. Then he, and then he fo- I just don't remember the timing of like. Up. Then does the mom yeah, say? Yeah, and follows that he, up like, by being like, me of you. Thanks for her dad being so cool about what I just said, or something like that. It's just fucking. Oh, and then we we dart off into the sky, and the movie just yeah, we get an kinda, aerial shot. Yeah, and the movie just kind of ends. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's all yeah. over. We fixed it. We saved um, the world from spiders. And again, right after doing this, I just went and watched Midnight Mass, and I was like, which actually reminds me a lot of another Frank Peretti story called The Visitation, which is all about a false prophet who finds himself in Spokane and uh, turns a lot of, it heals people, and it's it's actually a lot of the same outline as Midnight Mass. It's just that whenever people get healed, like there's a blind guy who can see again. He starts looking at pornography Hell because yeah. his eyes are cursed by the devil. <laughs> um, so it, it loses a little See, bit like, of the delicate touch that Midnight Mass has by the end. <gasps> I can't it stop is funny. Porn. It, it is funny to see because, like, horror movies, I think on the whole, have to portray complex morality. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's usually some mm-hmm. sort of like base flat thing that is kind of being referenced by the ghost, by the demon, by the whatever. But characters who deal with it are all kind of compromised. And so with Peretti, he's having to like thread the, the, the needle on writing that kind of horror story, the Stephen King style horror story with evangelical fiction where everything is black and white Mm -hmm. and it's just good guys versus the other. And so it's really surprising to see in this book, right? You see the goths being like sympathetic characters who just happen to worship a demon and they have to, they have to fix that. But the Lord will save them. I guess it's why, uh, one of the big reasons you don't see a lot of evangelical horror 
uh, I guess outside yeah. of Peretti, he he kind of figured out how to I don't know crack the code feels strong because that sounds like it was a positive <laughs> thing, but he he vaguely figured out a formula that could appeal to that audience. I think maybe perhaps the only good use of this movie is if it's some if it's like Baby's first horror movie, you know, no. you watch it and it introduces you to I'm, okay. Yeah, I agree that no, the answer to that is I don't, no. Well, I'm trying to find something good to say we about this movie. Find, no, I, I don't think we need to find. I mean, Baby's good- first horror movie for our generation was Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. Um, yeah. I think uh, I, it's a movie that I thought it's I dreamt for movie, many years. But when you watch it when you're three, which is like the age that it's for, you will get nightmares for the next 10 years. That Brave, is Brave Little Toaster is another movie in that category. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, the um, clown leaning close toaster. to the camera and saying, run. I think that <laughs> I'm, I'm less interested in trying to find something that is like redeeming about this movie because I don't think there really is anything. I think it fucking sucks and I hated it. What I'm more interested <laughs> in talking about, honestly, is like with this having missed the mark so desperately for so many reasons, many of which we've now talked about, could there be a good version of this movie? And if so, what would it look like? I feel like we've alluded to this a little bit, but yeah. I'm particularly curious to hear, you know, from your perspective, uh, Felicia and Lauren, like, w- what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's just cut the spiders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, make it a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, make it a demon ghost, I think is much more interesting than, I, I just felt like it was so much plot and confusing parts Absolutely. Yeah. That it was like I couldn't even get scared because mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out what was right. going on. I'll also say there's kind of three movies happening here, right? Because it's like the idea of paranormal mm-hmm. investigating family. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, <laughs> kind of reminded me of um, So Weird. If you ever saw that show yeah. on oh, Disney. Yeah, I the, love So Weird. Mm-hmm. See, that's a great show. <laughs> give myself but we have flashbacks. that going on. That's very cool. Then we have like this revenge tale of this like kid that was bullied and hung himself. And like, uh, I love a revenge movie. Like, mm-hmm. that's really mm-hmm. great. And then you have the potential for, you know, like a what's that be called? Arachnophobia kind of yeah. Um, yeah. spider, you know, monster spider monster movie. And it's it's kind of just uh, I think there could have been three simple, fun PG-13 mm-hmm kid movies in here and instead we just got like a mashup of, of nonsense <laughs> right it was really hard to follow for a lot of it like yeah because it, it was all intercut too right it wasn't like we'd follow one of those movies for 45 minutes and then that movie would stop and no. we'd start another one it was like every three minutes we were jumping to a different subplot right yeah. um and, well, it, and there was this weird thing where about like I, I wrote in my notes at about 52 minutes in it felt like we were about to move into the last act of the movie. I thought the like same it, thing. Yeah. It really exactly felt like felt. everything was rolling now and there's about 10 or 15 minutes I was left. Like, we're almost done here. But there no, was another 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And again, that is that is quite that is because that quite literally is what happened. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the adaptation that makes a lot of sense yeah. cuz they were just following the book faithfully. Quite faithfully. And then they broke off. Exactly. And then it just went off into absolute crazy town. Let's say we throw we throw out the spiders. <laughs> Get rid of <laughs> Them. The spiders no aren't working. Spiders. Goodbye, spiders. Gone. Again, it works better in the book. Spiders, be- you'll never work in this town again. Hey, you're out of here. If we if we have if we frame it up as a ghost story, then like what makes for a, a good, scary, convincing ghost story that we can really dig our teeth into? I have a thought that mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I mean, why do I have so many thoughts about making this movie better? I don't know. But I do think it could be interesting to have a movie where you know a kid kills himself ten years ago and now he's haunting these bullies and. I'm interested in like emotional horror and I'm mm. just like, what if yeah. they were trying the the ghost was convincing these boys to kill themselves? Yeah. And then like mm-hmm. that's how he's picking mm. them off. Yeah. Um uh, 
I would that also, would be scary. <laughs> yeah, I would also love because one of the big missed opportunities I think of this movie is they didn't incorporate the game of Hangman, and so for oh, every bully yeah. that he kills, yeah. the first letter of their name oh, fills out sick. another thing, and so yeah. it eventually, if that's once good. he finishes that puzzle then he can move on to the next life but he sure. has to kill people with the corresponding letters and when he kill when he makes people kill themselves uh, and that letter doesn't work it appears as like a crossed out one in the upper right hand corner and he's like oh foiled again uh, and so there's like even a bigger higher power that they can like team up to fight at the end or something I, I mean don't know. that's an even better movie that's it's so like cool. we have yeah. it ready <laughs> And I think I the feel devil like we should write this movie, friends. Yeah. I think this is this is I the movie. I think we should. And yeah. I also think the demon worship stuff in the basement is is really a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of scarier stuff could have happened with that, like kind of this like culty. Yeah, um, not just Halloween masks. I mean, in the book, yeah. there's they in the yeah. book they have skinned and stretched a cat carcass across uh, an altar which is metal as hell yeah that's horrifying that's horrifying good job frank (laughs) so felicia uh when we were talking about this movie just in the email you looked at the rotten tomatoes score on this and it was zero percent on the tomato meter (laughs) oh yeah and like 74 percent audience score wild Um, oh yeah and that i mean that's what we love we love to see most horror movies have a lower critic uh-huh. rating than they do an audience rating that's very normal yeah um but a zero percent and a 77 <laughs> percent to me is um is not normal and it made me very excited actually to watch this movie because i was like it's either gonna be so bonkers that people just love it and now i'm just like maybe it was just the christians there yeah no it's that's just be, it's just, just their just mission Christian. for the lord but you found a couple of christian reviews that spoke favorably of this movie can we look at those for a second how did those Sorry. reviews speak to your heart that's what we want to know yeah uh yeah so one review I'm was on just this... spiders 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 so the be- one of the better ratings i found was a 3 out of 5 Ooh. um Ooh. And Okay, high praise. Uh, this is by Ben Korish at ChristianAnswers.net. Okay. Related to David Koresh of the Branch Davidians. <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff. So they do let us know in this. Foul language, sexual undertones, common taking of God's name in vain and mm. overt violence are replaced mm. in this film mm-hmm. with solid storytelling. Thank, thank the oh, Lord for no. that. You can't have solid storytelling with any of those elements. You know. Uh, it says the primary message of this film is clear. As one character, I said the primary message is clear, but (laughs) as one character puts it, fooling around with spirits is a dangerous thing. The impressionable students become. That's the message? (laughs) The impressionable impressionable students become so fixated on the curse of the hangman that it consumes their thoughts and they are fooled by its artificial power, which I will say Brian did point out the idea of a false prophet, false God, Mm -hmm. which is not something I had considered at all while watching this movie, but apparently (laughs) it was the clear message. It's just something that's popped up in his other books. So, you know, that's the only reason, but like, that's not in this movie. No. I guess it Norman kind of is, is kind of barely. a false prophet, but nobody knows that he's doing it. Like he's, he's right. you know, he's very much behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but that. also with likable characters and a oh, cast, yeah. a cast that delivers honest performances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Hangsman's Curse is engaging and suspenseful enough to hold any audience captive. Yes, hold them captive. <laughs> I'm so confused though by that review. But aren't we on the Goths team? Yeah, I don't know. No, no. If we're the, saying the Goths are bad be? for being Goths and <laughs> for being like into the demon shit. 
but they are yeah. also they being those, bullied. Like, scenes that are yeah. Well, well and that's that thing, right? The trying to c- convey the complex morality, trying to have these people who are not all good, but in this framework where that doesn't really work in your story at all, because everyone is going in and listening to DC talk playing right. in the background. And they're like, oh, I, I need a good guy. I need a bad guy. And and the goth still ends up, they, they can be good, but they can't be a goth. Right. Anymore. Well, that's that's the thing that I was going to they say. They have to right. love the Lord, and they have to start wearing horizontal right. stripes, <laughs> and they have to dye their hair a mousy brown. Well, what I was going to say to that point, Brian, is, yeah, I mean, at this point, too, if you think about goths and the cultural imagination, it is still at this point, I would say, still very much linked to Columbine and like yeah. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Goths are, are not just weird outcasts. They are also potentially dangerous as long as they stay on this dark yes. path. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric Harrison, Dylan Klebold were only dangerous because the devil led them down a bad path because they were playing right. Doom and stuff like that. And <laughs> they that's were the playing th- Doom and listening to Manson. Right. And they were getting bullied. And what you see right. from like IMDb mm. reviews from this time, I'm sure there were some message boards that don't exist anymore that probably had people going, ooh. The whole message that people were really taking away from this, not whatever this reviewer has come up with, which is a <laughs> thinking the movie's about evil spirits or whatever, yeah. but... It's about spiders. Um, <laughs> about spiders. Is people talking about it's about a very serious issue for our times, which is bullying because any bullied kid is a potential mass shooter. Right. Which, of course, Ooh. now that we actually know more of the details about Columbine, it had nothing to do with them. Yeah, being but I bullied, do remember that. You know? And that, and that is still in our, about. our yeah. culture today. Everyone's like, talk to the quiet kid. Yeah. To, right. They could be on that path. Like, that definitely which, is still if in you our. You were a dork ass loser in high school, uh, which at least one of us uh, recording and talking right now was. You can guess. You can guess. Frank Perry. Turn that shit twofold. Like, it was always like, if someone's going to fuck with you, they were like, you know, fucking with you because you're a faggot or whatever, Brian. Right. And um, <laughs> then the next part is, and now you're going to shoot up the school. It didn't help. Right. It didn't help this whole idea that every nerd is going to shoot everybody. Well, and, and, and um, two, it, it, the point of like how the conversation has continued about this through to the present day, whenever you hear about the question of like violence in schools, which by the way, again, I'm sorry that I keep talking about the book, but one of the big framing things in the book is that the school has just gotten metal detectors. And the whole reason that spider... That's pretty fucking important. It's extremely important because that's the whole reason that the whole spider thing ends up happening. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's way too expensive. And they were filming in Canada, uh, so so they didn't have to worry about that. um, That's part of the reason that it was biological warfare rather than just getting a gun was that they wouldn't be able to get a gun in because they had these metal detectors and also the installation Uh. of these metal detectors were providing parents with a false sense of security about the school which was also why they were so reticent to close the school because they're like it couldn't be that big of a deal the school's safe we got cops and metal detectors so see um, and that's what makes Peretti's book so interesting is he's so fucking neurotic mm-hmm. you can't tell in his performance in this movie <laughs> right <laughs> He holds in him every neurosis that evangelical Christianity has. They all exist in this one man, and he puts them all on the paper and articulates them so perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then the movie is trying to be more accessible to non-Christians, which Peretti really isn't trying to do. No. Because Peretti is like the guy who, one of his first horror stories was an audio drama he wrote for Focus on the Family about a woman being haunted by her aborted daughter. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Brian, you know, it's, it's, um, to to your point about like the way that he writes. Yeah. I mean, it is not unlike how in, in, in Moby Dick, 
uh, Herman Melville will just like stop the narration to be extremely autistic about whales for 20 to 30 pages. Yeah. Um, it's very much the same way in Frank Peretti's writing where he will stop the narrative cold to talk about the importance of biblical values and how yeah. the atheists are. And, and why and why DNA isn't really a, a, a symbol of how we actually evolved. Yeah. From a common ancestor for pages and pages and pages <laughs> in that weird scene earlier in the movie where uh, there, there is actually a scene in the book where um Leisha debates one of the teachers about evolution like it, it, fuck yes yeah like what you are seeing in this movie is just Ugh. scratching the surface of what Peretti does as a writer if if I made this into a movie personally I would keep the Christian shit <laughs> yeah you I would make it Don't cut a word. even more explicitly about <laughs> prayer in school yes like the problem with the goths is that they're praying the wrong way mm-hmm. but public schools allow Wiccan prayer mm-hmm. And they don't allow Christian prayer because America hates Christians, which is what they really fucking believe. Mm-hmm. That's Even wild. though they make the, I mean, the evangelicals don't make up a majority of, of Americans, but Christians in 2004 absolutely do. That's wild. <laughs> and so I would just do that. I would also keep the scene with the dude hanging himself in front of the school while they cheer him on, but I would make it more unambiguous. I would make it very operatic. Center frame. He's about to jump, and everyone's like, yeah! Yeah! Somebody give this man two million dollars! That would require you to have a DP. Give me a school in Vancouver. That would require you to have a DP that wouldn't jizz himself by doing a shot of an overhead door of a boy opening a door and then closing it. You watch that shot in the movie and the opening title credits and you're like, you know, after they were like, we fucking nailed that. That's some avant-garde shit. It was on the ceiling. No, no, no. When the the mom is using the light to see if she's awake and it's going across the camera like 20 times. I was like, wow, they I really thought this was really <laughs> smart. Absolutely <laughs> awesome. Eat your heart out, Vince Gilligan. <laughs> inside a washing machine, I'll put you we inside a get, doorknob. I gotta call up Mike Flanagan and just be like, hey, so what you're doing with Catholicism, I wanna do with, with evangelicalism. Mm. But but unironically and from no distance from the outside at all, I'm just gonna play this as though I am Frank Peretti. <laughs> Uh, Brian, I got news. Good news for you. Frank Peretti oh, yeah. is more than willing to star in this vehicle as long as he can play every single character. <laughs> is he alive? Is he still alive? He is still alive. He hasn't written for like at least ten years. He's building up to his magnum opus. I think. I know. I want to see if he's got an Instagram. It's just called Spiders. <laughs> he doesn't. He 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 uh, snuffed out all of his social media mm. uh, five Are or six you? years ago. Well, he just decided yeah. there was no oh, place for 70. him anymore. He can make yeah, many more things. So uh, I would be interested in finding out whatever it is that's giving Frank Peretti writer's block. Because it certainly isn't happening to Ted Decker. That motherfucker keeps <laughs> shitting them out. Um, so he's Felicia, nowhere near you, as good. There was there was a review of this film uh, that you mentioned before we started rolling uh, that both uh, Brian and Josh reacted very, oh, very yeah. strongly to. Uh, <laughs> what review is this? Because I have been... It was very curious. I got plugged in. Yeah, it was less to do. To be clear, it was less to do with the fact the review itself and more to do with what plugged in is. Uh, Plugged in is the media review outlet of focus on the family, which also, of course, produces Adventures in Odyssey. So that was why we had that big aha moment before IMDb had a parental advisory page plugged in mostly just reviewed things for seeing how many S words. Yeah, they don't they didn't really and and at this point too still they weren't 
reviewing films for artistic merit. In fact, this movie, yeah. this this the review for Plugged In goes pretty far out of its way to not levy uh, an artistic critique, um, yeah. and mostly just bitches about how it wasn't explicit enough about its Christian themes. Yeah, Plugged Up was the name of the website that the man with the cursed eyes was forced to look at. <laughs> Uh, forever after his sight was restored. Uh, Plugged up is actually no, the uh, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of Goatsy. Um, there were two websites. Felicia, please, please read this review for the love God. I'm gonna read a couple of the sections. So they have a yeah. section that's like review, positive elements, spiritual content. <clears throat> I will read now sexual content. Yeah, let's hear it. Here yes. we go. <laughs> a Ford classmate steals a kiss. From Alicia. Mm. But while she seems to like him, she reprimands him mm. for taking liberties. Mm. That same classmate thanks God that Alicia is, in quotes, so hot. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, and he really and does steal that kiss, too. Like, he, her dad calls her. She says, be right there, yeah. Dad. And while she's distracted, he's like, now's the time. And he, like, lunges in. It's very weird. Like, it's a it's very inappropriate. It's, it's, a very inappropriate. It's, it's very gross. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, crude she, she or right. profane language. Mm. Elijah blurts, what the? And then stops himself <laughs> before finishing the thought. That's all it says. <laughs> I just want to hear this, read this very last section yeah. um, because it says, so plugged in, actually asked Mr. Peretti himself. <laughs> uh, why doesn't Hangman's Curse make a big deal out of spiritual warfare. Right, that's he responded, I'm not really writing about spiritual conflict in the same way I was years ago. Hangman's hmm. Curse, published in 2001, never was a book about spiritual warfare. It's a book about bullying. So that's where we you got that from earlier. In Peretti's mind, Hangman's Curse isn't about creating an evangelical tool. It's about getting a thriller out there that's not chock full of blood, lust, and foul language. And it's confronting viewers with the pain of that bullying causes. Anyone looking for anything more will be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I, I just want to ask a clarifying note. He, he didn't say that's not chock full of bloodlust. He said chock full of blood, comma, <laughs> blood, lust. Blood, comma, lust. <laughs> I, I fucking I hate it when there's lust in my books. So um, I feel like this. we've really kind of come to the end of our uh, yeah. discussion of Hangman's Curse, the motion picture. It sounds like... You know, Brian and I have a lot of history and background with this stuff, you know, with Christian pop culture, with uh, Frank Peretti specifically. Well, I personally was just working my way through every Italian-American author and got to the P. Understandably so. Um, He was trapped on the 13th floor of Wayside School. (laughs) But for the rest of you who are in here right now, I'm assuming that most of this was new or new-ish to you. Is that is that is that fair? Yes. So. What did you come away from I like this lost, with? Lots of lust in my books. Okay, okay. So mostly you were just disappointed about the lack of lust. It was was the big the big takeaway. Yes. Okay. I feel like confronting something like this, seeing something like this, does it just come across as like a, a weird mediocre movie? Do you do you see the? Yeah. Or does it feel like a dispatch from another world? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Lauren, what do you think? I think weird mediocre movie. Yeah. To be honest, mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like it was like similar enough to other weird mediocre movies (laughs) obviously you know with a different lens and as we said there's a lot of like weird religious Mm -hmm. commentary of course but i felt like i i have seen similar ish sort of things that are just like a bad movie that's like an unclear plot everyone got really excited and it ended up just bad right (laughs) yeah 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 i feel like kind of both like like yes to that and and also like this world of you know 
stuff for Christian teens is is very different. But I will say I'm just reminded of this in this moment because I I know I talked mentioned Christian rock earlier, but there yeah. were in my years in the 2004s, <laughs> whatever. Um, there was a there was a a lot of like screamo bands that I was very into that I didn't realize were Christian bands. Oh, like what um, ones? What Whoa. the Devil Wears Prada was a Christian band. I went to one of their shows once and they uh-huh. said, can we take a moment for prayer? And huh. everyone was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to know that it was like all the fans didn't know. Like it wasn't no, just No, no one you. knew. It was yeah. very like, strange. Just... If you guys know Flyleaf, which is like, the, she's a female screamo vocalist uh, okay. from back in the day. Oh. Um, I had no idea for years that that was a Christian band. Like there was, there's like actually a lot of those and it's funny how like at each part of like whatever's in the popular culture of the time, there is kind of this like not secret maybe, but yeah. feels kind of secret Christian subgroup of it uh, yeah. that's doing mm. it in their own special way. That's like maybe seeping into the rest of the pop culture and also maybe not. Sure. <laughs> they're just trying to lure you in yeah. by thinking it's not Christian. That's what they're doing with Broadway right now. There's just there's just a whole there's a whole mafia. Josh, we can't let it stop though, because I need a revival of Into the Light. <laughs> I need I need the musical about how the Shroud of Turin is real actually, and also there's an alien mime. I need this musical back. I can't. What the fuck what are you musical? talking about? What was that musical 80s, about? The eighties were so bad. I can't wait for Laura Osnes to produce that in conjunction <laughs> with Patsy <laughs> DeVos. What were you saying, Felicia? No, Starring I was Chad Kimball. Lauren, what that musical was? Uh, it's like the woman that got really famous for being a preacher. Yeah, that was that was scandalous. That was produced by the DeVos family. Uh, okay. Wait, no fucking way. Yeah, really? I did not it was DeVos that. money. Yeah. Holy fuck. shit. Well, now we know. Um, <laughs> thanks, Amway. Uh, what I'll say about this movie is that. I feel like the Odyssey to me feels much more like Dispatches from Another World. This felt like mm. it was so recognizable in so many ways to me. Because like, it was trying to imitate other movies so yeah, much. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, so mm-hmm. it, it it did end up more in the mediocre bad movie. It was really only with the prayer stuff in school and yeah. the walking through the valley of the shadow of death at the end of the movie that and she there, was quoting and then all praying over her. mostly such short parts of the film, and the film is so long. Yeah, and it's, you can, and again, you can kind of it block it so... out of your head as the rest of the, the other stuff is happening. I'm like, how is yeah. this not a 70 minute movie? Bizarre. Movie? Bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it should yeah. have been. I think it would have been a lot stronger if it were a 70 minute TV movie. But yeah, no, it, um, I, I will say that I, I feel like I enjoyed parts of this movie more than I've enjoyed a lot of other Christian entertainment, but that's because it, were, it was the parts that had made no, like, you know, pretenses about being Christian. It was it's just... probably because we're desensitizing you, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the arc of this podcast is me slowly turning into a husk. So... Uh, <laughs> that should Eventually be our tagline. Eventually, you'll have no interest for edit, for any kind of entertainment. None, yeah, none whatsoever, except my good my good old Bible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Felicia, Lauren, uh, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Is there anything you y'all yes. would like to plug? I mean, obviously, the Sinister Sisters podcast, uh, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts, I think. Uh, but are there That's any shows true. or anything? Yeah. Uh, any big specials you have planned coming up that you want to tell our viewers about? I'm sure. I'm sure Felicia has more. I'll say the episode we did this week. Uh, I talk. Well, we usually do more spooky stuff. I did something a little strange. I talked about photographic memory because I was very interested in it. It's a really and lovely it, episode. Uh, I listened oh, to it today. <laughs> yeah. And then Dutch. Oh, the 
animal, 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 animal bones in the walls. Animals in the walls. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we just kind of cover stories of the strange and unusual. It's really fun. Um, it kind of is what our. It's also much more accessible. We used to be much more like horror movie focused, and now we're kind of doing like strange and unusual stories, as she said. So yeah. it's much more accessible if you are scared of jump scares like AJ. <laughs> yeah. I very much appreciate not having that. It is panic less attack. accessible if you are scared of the Dutch like me. Yes. <laughs> and They're as going always, to come after to, us. <laughs> we sure and are. And as always, I have to plug my YouTube channel, Girly Gore. Yes, which yeah. is... Which That's is, all horror. But thank you for having us. This was very yeah. fun. Yes. This was yeah. so fun. It was so we fun. cannot apologize enough to, to make you, you watch on. this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is just what we do. Is like I come up with something terrible that's going to make people hate me. Right. And then we force them to watch it. There we go. It's a great concept <laughs> for a podcast. Yeah. And little did you know that we would both find the Lord today. So, Congrat- yeah. oh. so congratulations. Welcome to and the we're kingdom. we're officially converted. Great job. <laughs> Two more for well the done, flock, baby. Well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> now wow. you may find your rest. Oh, God. It, it seems like uh, Peretti really <laughs> did give us a miracle elixir after all. Aww. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. And I am the worst of all possible Brian's. Go forth and multiply like the spider hybrids that are living in your walls. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So, fun fact you can watch this movie on YouTube. Old school, uploaded 2008, little 10-minute chunks with uh, hard-coded Swedish subtitles. It's exactly the way the Lord wanted you to watch this Frank Peretti TV movie for teens. Anyway, we'd like to thank our sponsors, which are, of course, not the uh, Floridian Gun Depot that is now dealing with the uh, monolithic spider hive mind, but rather our very own spider hive mind the patrons at Patreon who keep us going. They include Aeneas Hemphill, Ari Rodriguez, Ben Ferber, Benjamin R. Alford, Bill Corby, Dave Skolar, Davis Van de Steeg, Dominic Russo, JV, Nate Netsley, Nell Johnson, Octavia Immersive, Olivia Hernandez, Tony Diddy, Trevor Strunk, with a special thank you to Ashley Stoneman, Hannah White, Nikola Donov, Sam Borman, and Timmy Sexton. All right, folks. Join us next time 